Okay. There we go. And we're live. And we are actually live. Hello, everybody. It is Thursday. It is 6 p.m. And it has been several weeks since we have been able to hang out with you. It is Central Standard Time. <laughs> it is Central Standard Time. I believe uh, if you follow the news, uh, Mercury is in retrograde. Oh. I don't know what that means, oh, but apparently it is. All those crystal chicks are like, <laughs> that explains <laughs> why. <laughs> all those crystal, crystal chicks. chicks. <laughs> uh, not to be confused with crystal chick burgers or anything. All the, the hippie girls are like, oh, that's why you're such in a negative mood because Mercury's in retrograde and your sign is an Aquarius rising with a Taurus falling and an eagle spreading. No, it's not, it's not what that is. But... It's been weird. I mean, I, I feel like, and even, uh, was it Mark or somebody messaged me on Thursday of last week? And they were like, what? No. No podcast? No. Like, no, no. We're a couple of weeks we're out. And it felt like a long couple of weeks. It did. It seemed like um, a lot ended up happening in that couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and things have not gotten better. No. To be honest with you. <laughs> um, I woke up this morning with a freaking earache or an ear infection. And I, it was like as soon as I lifted my head off the pillow and I opened my jaw, it popped. And I was like, oh, no. Granted, it was like it was early. It was like 830. So I was like, go straight to the memorial walk in and let them look at you. And I knew it. She knew it. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. ear infection, antibiotic, anti-inflammatory. And then by 11, I was like, OK, I'm set. I got food. I got all the, the medication. This hurts, um, but now it's well, it's six, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I feel fine. This doesn't hurt anymore, but now I can't hear out of this ear, which is really fun. It's a trade off. Oh, God. Anyway, could be worse. Yeah. Um, so at least it's got it got taken care of. Um, but other than that, the two weeks was pretty eventful. It seems like everybody had stuff that was breaking. Everybody had stuff that was coming in new. Yeah. Um, which we will get to, but it seemed like it was a very tumultuous couple of weeks for gear in general. It was, it was not a, it was not a fun look for anyone, I think. Um, and all of you, you know, would remember when we mentioned it, uh, two, three, three weeks ago, uh, today was supposed to be the Hugh episode. Um, it was, planned out quite a while but just like myself waking up and i knew what was going to happen like i was like i was either going to have this manageable by three o'clock in the afternoon and it's fine or i was gonna have to call you and be like yeah we can't even i'm 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 locked up over here yeah because it hurt when i woke until from 8 30 to 11 30 basically uh, which was going to the doctor getting it done going to walgreens waiting on the prescription getting some food because all that stuff requires time well but food to go in, in yeah. you can't just take that crap and so i was like once we hit three and i was like okay i'm good like the pain is gone i can't hear what's going on but the pain is gone we can do this that's when hugh called and hugh which now it makes sense me trying to call him yesterday and the day before he was like he's been feeling so bad over the past couple of days um, he said yesterday he just unplugged the phone, which I noticed. I called a couple of times and I didn't get the old, this is the Barlow residence. Yeah. Like I didn't get my, my little, my little, Jingle. what I'm used to. Yeah. 
And uh, so, yeah, Hugh is feeling under the weather. He didn't sound good. I probably sound a little nasally yeah. because I've had the allergy crap going on. Plus the uh, fog machine. Uh, well, we'll get to that. But And, and I can't <laughs> hear out of this ear. But Hugh is not feeling well. Uh, I, I told him we'll just get with him next week. And if, if everybody's feeling, I mean, I'll, I'll be feeling good probably by tomorrow. But um, if he's feeling good, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and do that next week. So that is coming. Uh, seems like every, and now that I think about it, like Rachel got sick the last weekend. I've known two people that have been sick in the interim time. And then now Hugh and I are not feeling well for completely different reasons. But it seems like everybody's getting sick right now. Yeah, whenever I got off work last night, um, I went and hung out at the juke for a little bit just to get away from it all before I went home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to decompress. And then mom uh, texted me. She's like, Hey, can you give me like a seven up or a ginger ale? Uh, That's net when it's those two, it's never good. No, I was like, she's like, I've just been feeling along the weather. I was like, oh my gosh. So, uh, so mom's gotten whatever, and then we had two folks at workout for stuff. Uh, I'm just. I like, think like I wash my it's hands. Been constantly to, raining. Yeah. For two months now, and it's just everything is so wet and soaked and it's like the ground never has a chance to dry uh, to dry nothing has a chance to dry like today it's dry now but for the first half of the day it wasn't no, the you know it was wet everywhere soggy bottom river boys everywhere we go yeah um so nobody's been having a good couple no. i mean gig wise everything's been good everybody's got gear to talk about we've got so much gear to talk about today <laughs> but it's like you're having to pay the ultimate price <laughs> for all of this. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess let's start with you. You've got bigger news than I do. Re- I mean, I don't know if bigger, but you've got way more exciting news. I, I have a lot of stuff that's gone the past two weeks since we've been gone. Well, take it away because I'm going to go grab my in-ears because I can't even. <laughs> the, um, the over-ears. The, head, the, the over-ears. Are, I can't really even hear what's going on. I'm going to grab oh, my gosh. Ear, in-ears. All right. So, everyone, uh, I guess I'll go for some comments first while Steven's doing that, and then I'll tell you about my week. Um, Mike Malone, oh, my God, you're really back. Please never leave us again. We will do our best, Mike. Hello, Dakamomo. Mark. Welcome back. Hope your gigs were fun. Uh, some of ours were fun. Some of ours were not, and I'll definitely get to that. Uh, Josh Breslow, good evening, guys. Good evening, Josh. David Huckstep, what is up, gentlemen? My man, young David. Dakamomo, me and the baby are all so sick. Dang it, Dakota. Uh, Mike goes, is he a real person, or is the one of those situations where we ask you about your best friend and your response is saying he's super real, but he goes to another school? Only joking. Hopefully he gets well soon. Thanks, Mike. No. He was real. Straight up, bro. Like, my girlfriend <laughs> is so hot. I mean, you don't know her. She lives in Colorado. So, uh, yeah, she goes know. to the, she goes to Biloxi High. You yeah. Know. She, like, you, you've never seen her, but she's really, really hot. Like, she, he was a really good drummer, I promise. Granted, uh, he lives in Guam. So, you know, it's really, it's really hard <laughs> to get him over here. Oh, yeah. No, I promise it is coming. I mean, other people are coming as well, but yeah. this is our, uh, he was one of our main hangout buddies. So it was important for us to get him on here. Um, but yeah, it seems like this latter part of the year, things are just kind of going a little haywire. It's not even latter part. We're only halfway through it. A little over halfway. Time is weird at this point. It really is. Um, so let's see. Since we last left off, I feel like this is like a, a cliffhanger. Of Wish a I had piano music. 
Um, so since we last left off, um, I got in touch with Steve Maxwell. I have a Gretsch USA custom kit coming in the next five months. Sorry, yeah, 20 weeks, five months. Um, it's going to be 10, 12 rack toms, 14, 15 floor toms. You heard that right, folks, 15 floor toms, a 14 by 22-inch kick, and a 7 by 14 snare drum. Let me stop you there. Um, Jared, please tell all of us who Steve Maxwell is for anybody that may or may not know exactly who that is. So Steve Maxwell, uh, in my personal opinion, is one of the most successful independent drum uh, retailers. So Steve has a shop in Chicago, a shop in Illinois, and he also owns Forks Drum Closet in Nashville. Um, Steve has worked with everyone from uh, Johnny Craviato before he passed. He's worked with John Good and the fellas. Um, he's got a couple of his own snare drums that people make for him. Um, he has really good ties with Gretsch and Craviato. He's the biggest, re biggest retailer for those two companies. Um, he has a bunch of really cool vintage stuff in his shops. I know he has them kind of spread across between Chicago and uh, the New York shop. Like he has one of Jack DeJanet's, uh touring kits. He's got um, a Roy Haynes fiberglass pearl kit that he did in his later part of his career. Um, he's got just a bunch of cool stuff that's in his own collection. So really, if you if being the 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 kind of thought there being if you're if you know obviously if you're even considering actually considering a Gretsch USA custom whatever you're pretty serious about it and that's a good place to go like you said he has a really good working relationship with Gretsch and Craviato and I think you kind of want to seek those out uh you know say you're you really want to dump the money on DW I don't know who the preferred DW dealer is maybe it's uh um Dana out in California at uh what, whatever it's called uh, Hollywood Drum Shop? Uh, Bentley. Bentley's. Bentley's. Yeah, who, you know, for me, really, which we'll get to later in, in my part, is, uh, you know, for Pearl, it's, to be honest with you, it sounds like it's Sweetwater. Like, it sounds like they have a really good working relationship with them, so it's kind of natural for you to go with, really, kind of in what you were saying, a, a high-profile dealer. You yeah. know, he's not just a cool drum shop, or, like, he's been around forever, multiple locations forks comes up for sale you know who is the natural choice to do that kind of purchase yeah and keep something like forks which is a really cool shop alive yeah and the cool thing with steve is that he has um with gretch alone he has his own custom finishes they do for him so he has um this espresso burst is what it's called a uh, picture of white marine pearl went from like a dark brown to like a uh, like a toffee kind of colored yeah, kind of khaki yeah, yeah, yeah. back to the dark brown again. That's one of his signature colors he does. And then I got the one uh, for my kit, which is um, or basically a reissue of a 1960s and 70s Rogers Mardi Gras um, finish. So he's got that custom finish. So I have my drums coming in that. Um, I was going to do the gloss, but the, the gloss, he explained to me, is more expensive overall. And he goes, the the wraps now hold up really well. Yeah. And plus I have Steve in, like, who's the guy I'll be dealing with. And, and if you're spending that kind of money, if there is an issue later, obviously help will be, you know, issued 
very easily because that's when it's like, yeah, no, you, you know, did the full thing. That's when you really, I mean, not that you're not going to get help any other way, but, yeah. you know, that's when it's like, yeah, no, you spent really good money to get something the, a specific way that you want it. And, uh, you know, I think if anything does go wrong, it'd be like, no, of course they're going to, they're going to take care of it. Yeah. And the process was really cool. Like, um, when I was about trying to get the, that bank off of reverb, um, he's like, you know, shoot me a, you know, shoot me a call at this number. I figured it's like the shop's number. No, it's his cell phone. That's cool. Yeah. I got Steve Maxwell's cell phone number and I called him um, and he's like, hey, this is Steve. I'm like, hi, is this like Steve Maxwell? Like, I know your voice. Like the videos. Steve Maxwell? But I wanted to make sure. I was like, no, this is Steve. I was like, how you doing, man? He's like, doing great. What can I help you with? And I was like, hey, I'm Jared. I called about the, you know, the shell. And he's like, oh, man. It's like, I remember that. That took, that was gone real quick. I was like, yeah. Um, you know, and we talked a little bit about, you know, what I wanted to do and, he asked me, like, what style of music am I playing? You know, what am I using this kit for? And we kind of talked, and I wanted something kind of different and kind of funky, and I like funky finishes, so he mentioned about that. Um, he was a really cool guy just to talk to, and the cool thing about it is, like, he gave me the quote for everything within, like, 10, 15 minutes um, of him going through, getting everything figured out, like, making sure, like, double-checking the sizes I want to do, and... <clears throat> I forgot to add about the double tom mount uh, thing. I was like, Steve, I totally forgot after everything was said and done. I forgot to tell you I needed uh, the 10 and 12 to be direct to shell mounted with the mount put in for the bass drum. He's like, hey, normally that's 150. Not going to charge you. He's like, don't worry about it. It's like, I'll just put it on the report. I'll cover that. We have those parts in stock. And I'm everyone like, take note of how brave Jared is. I don't know if you just caught what he said. Both of the toms. Are direct to shell mount, no free floating boo crap, like bolts into wood. <laughs> yeah. I will lock you down. <laughs> and a tom mount on the bass drum. I applaud you for doing what is dated at this point, but is the most effective. Yeah, and she was like, "Hey, don't worry about it. I got you covered, man." He's like, "He's like, no, I'm gonna have it set up as the ten twelve, correct?" And I was like, "So that way, when they drill the holes, it's like your badges will be facing the audience." I'm like, "Yes, perfect." He's like, "Want to make sure?" He's like, "Some folks that we have come in, they do twelve ten, twelve ten. He's like, "I want to make sure I have the badges facing out for you correctly for the director." Shell's like, "Thanks." Or some guys like really, I guess before I went back to the five piece setup, I probably would have requested it would always been one up, so I always set the badges for, you know. I guess either just off or center, but but that being the Tom side, yeah, never there, there, and then there, which of course now I've gone back to, but um, it's like the level of detail they took when making sure your order was going to be, you know, yeah, because uh, it, was, it was a chunk of chunk of money, yeah. Uh, so the the thing, the way the the crazy part is like, so it's going to be. Um, you know, over five, the shipping, he's like, but it's going to be forty-seven fifty out the door shipped. I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, I don't have to do all these fees. He's like, so forty-seven fifty out the door. So I'm getting a custom kit. I'm getting a six-piece for under $5,000. i am like, there's no way it's that cheap. He's like, no, that's, that's what it is. He's like. He's like, just whenever you're ready. He's like, I'll keep the papers on the side. Are you ready to do your order? Just let me know. I was like, hey, man, I'm going to be getting uh, my down payment sent to you on Monday. He goes, cool, I'm going to go ahead and get this order sent in. Go ahead and get it started. I was like, okay. Didn't have to put the down payment first. He's like, 
Yeah, awesome. Like, so, so Monday I called them. Nothing happened. I was like, okay, Steve. I was like, I'm a little nervous. I don't you think I'm flaking? Um, coming to find out, he was getting ready for the Craviato Day and stuff and yeah, Summer yeah. Nam in Nashville. He's like, man, I'm so sorry. I dropped the ball on that. It's my fault. He's like, your order's still being pushed through regardless. He's like, I'm gonna send you the stuff through PayPal. Just when you get a chance, get it done. And I was like, as soon as the email sent, paid the down payment of fifteen hundred dollars. I was like, all yeah. right, we're done. And uh, I was like, everything should be correct on there, Steve. And bada bing. Uh, so now I'm waiting. So now it's what four to six months. Yeah. <laughs> Worth it. Worth it. Oh, we're gonna. We're. I'm not gonna open those boxes when we get them. We're gonna do a whole video on it. It'll be fun. We're gonna do the whole Gretsch unboxing without without having uh, Paul Cooper and all them here. (laughs) 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 We'll have you. It'll be cool. I I had to do a very small wait for my piece, but uh, you know, and it's been a while since I've done something like that. It's worth the wait. It sucks because you're like, oh man, wouldn't it be great if it was today? Yeah. Like no, you got three months left. Um, yeah. But it's worth it in the end. I, I'm excited, man. I think. I mean, I know it's going to sound good. Um, seeing it will be the cool part because uh, really seeing that finish will be uh, will be sweet. Yeah, because I was I had some folks show me their uh, videos of it online, and um, one guy's got a broadcaster in a Brooklyn in that finish, and like it looks so good. It's like it's so classic. It's just it's black, but it has the large flakes. Of like rainbow, like red, blue, green, gold, and all that. So I'm well, like, and plus the unboxing <clears throat> experience involving a Gretsch drum set is akin to what I consider like opening an Apple product. Like those boxes are packed perfectly. They're usually taped perfectly. They have the card, you in know. Every box, I get a key yeah. Like every... it's it's a it's a it's kind of like the Apple experience. So they really you know. Uh, I was kind of hoping for something like that when I got mine. It was like, no, it was just the box that Pearl sent it. In. Like, <laughs> it's not, but they're, ex- they're, they're, it's an experience. And I've seen many a Gretsch unboxing video where it's like the boxes always look pristine. Then it's like every box, each single drum is an event in and of itself. And then at the end, you're finally like, wow, look at the, you know, and they're yeah. always in, you know, awesome finishes. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be very cool. I'm excited. Uh, guy I work with was like, why don't you just get one kit? I'm like, no, this is going to be the one. This is it. This, this is, is it. The like, one. This is this is the this holy is grail. The and if you it. ever need more, you can have it ordered. Yeah. You want an eight. You want a, an 18 kick. What you know? I've already thought about it. Like, like a while down the road, I'm going to get a 16 in that same finish. And that's the point is you can always do that. Yeah. You know, um, like, hey, oh, Steve, can I get a 16 kick? Right, He's like. Yeah, easy, done. <laughs> it's like I got the numbers right here in front of me, you know. <laughs> so um, there is that. I bought a new ride the other night. It was like a thirty-six inch or yeah, a twenty-four inch uh, K light ride. I went and played a gig, and I noticed I didn't have enough bell or like umph. Um, so you went for maximum penetration. Maximum, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I turned it up to eleven. Um, well, twelve times two in this case. Uh, it's twenty-four. Terrible job. Um, so I, I got that, and they because normally those are like five hundred dollars, but then I saw that Nelson Drum Shop had one used for uh, three twenty-five, and I was like, I can't say no to that. Um, you cannot. Cause I needed I all the bells on my rides are not like bells, it's the one it's like it's the whole symbol activates. I need something a little more bite to it. Um, 
Now, granted, it is a light ride. You can still crash it. But it's mostly the bell and having it's a little bit more ump yeah. um, behind it. Cause oh, well, yeah. Cause even though it's a light, it's a 24 light. Yeah. So it's, it's going to have plenty of uh, uh, projection. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, they, th- those always sound good. Um, every light K I've ever seen has always sounded really good. Yeah. So I'm excited to uh, play that with the boys. When does that get here? I already have it. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, it's at the house. Um, I didn't think about bringing it. Um, I got on the kit right now set up. I got that, and then I bought, and this is a very, sound weird, a 16-inch, uh, a medium-thin crash from the 80s. You're like, well, what the heck is that for? Well, I've been watching a lot of Eric Harlan, and I've always loved his hi-hat sound. And I was thinking, I was like, I always wanted a pair of 16-inch hats. I was like, and so... I'm going to get the 16-inch. I've always thought it was cool. The 16-inch KFX. I've wanted to get one for a while anyway. I was like, do that. I like to sell, like, trashy hi-hats, and then I could always just get another 16-inch trash, uh, and those are fairly inexpensive. And I'd have a big pair of 16-inch hats, so I'd have 14s, 15s, and a set of 16s, or multiple 16s, um, to, to go with my, because I always play big symbols. I used to not be until recently. I played that 22 and I was like, this is beautiful. And I played a 20 inch crash and then all my rides were thin, so I'm crashing those. So I was like, well, I just want to be a big symbol guy. I guess it's just finally in. But you got to have a set for everything. You yeah. Know? It's almost like a shell bank for a kit. You got to have, basically have a shell bank or a, a plate blank bank for your symbols. Yeah. Like everything and in between. Um, and you're right, and it's weird because I have no plans of changing symbol brands anytime soon. I just did it. But uh, I've seen three or four different guys have been watching lately, and their Zildjians sound so good. <laughs> the K Custom stuff, I love a K Custom Crash. Like something about a 17 or 18K Custom Crash. Um, those hi-hats, the, the dark. The special dry. The special dry uh, Ks, those sound really good. I can't. I can't remember what ride I saw J Rod playing just before you got here. Um, oh, he plays the. Uh, it's either the high definition or the organic ride, which he plays. It sounds really good. But I've seen there's like three or four guys lately that I've remarked like, man, their Zildjian sounds so good. But everybody sound good. Like Carter's Istanbul sound good, and you know uh, Rex Hardy and uh, what's his face Calvin Rogers. Their Sabians sound good. Like I'm. I'm glad I kept the two Sabians I did. Because they're really choice pieces, in my opinion. All I need is some really good hi hats, um, that, and that's something I don't think I ever really found in Sabian. Was a yeah. good pair of like I like the Evolution stuff, but like it wasn't a special dark or whatever that's you know, or it wasn't yeah. like a really nice set of Istanbuls. Like, so I'm glad I kept those because all I have to do is find some hi hats. Um, but you know, people want to talk about and they laugh about the drums we buy. It's really not the drums; it's the freaking cymbals. Like, that's where we spend probably most, most of yeah. the money. Um, and have at least in the long run. I know that most of my money's gone to symbols. Like. And I and I have quite a selection of symbols. I'll have to go through and catalog them all one day and drop them in. Like, Make so a video just of year. This is my collection of Zildjian symbols. And just like, here's everything. Yeah. yeah. There's all. <laughs> That'd be a good video. Yeah. That'd be a good video for sure. But that's, uh, that's all I have really in drum news besides my fiasco at the gig. Uh, 
my hi-hat stand that's getting ready to set up the rubber bit. That well, looks- hold on to that. Hold on. For, just for, okay. Uh, that'll tie in too later. Um, so everybody, please remember that, yes, you are seeing us live here on YouTube just about every Thursday at 6 p.m. <laughs> Central Standard Time. But you can catch the audio-only version of the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. I try to keep those uploaded or updated, rather, so that you know all the new stuff is up. But we've been off for a couple of weeks. But uh, if you don't want to eat up data costs or you're working on a project and you'd like to just listen to the conversation, remember you can find Bearded Drums on all the major podcasting platforms. Essentially, or simply search the term Bearded Drums. Um, so yeah, um, we'll hold off on that just for a minute. Um, um, oh yeah. The, uh, legacy stickers, everybody should have received their legacy stickers by now, except for two people that I know of, which is Frank and Richie. Um, the reason is, is I don't know if you have, I just can't find the email, Frank, if you will just go ahead and, uh, re-email me your mailing address um, to the email up on the screen, which is beardeddrums at gmail.com. If you'll send me your address, I will get yours out. And that's also to everybody else that is uh, a legacy member. If you see your name up on the screen and you have not received your legacy sticker, go ahead and send me your mailing address if you want to, um, if you want to get your sticker, and I will get those sent out. Uh, Richie is the only other person. If he's here tonight, um, you have the most complicated Japanese uh, <laughs> address. It's it's. I wish I had it in front of me. The the envelope is in there. It's like six lines long, <laughs> and apparently I got something wrong because it returned to sender. So Richie, if and when you see this, if you will send me an email with your mailing address exactly in the order in which it needs to be put on the envelope that I will resend at the cost of $1, which is not <laughs> bad to get to Japan. Yeah. I will resend uh, your thing. But yeah, to everybody else, if you haven't gotten your sticker and you see your name up on the screen, go ahead and send me your mailing address to beardeddrums at gmail.com and we will get those out. So you will have your stickers. And I totally forgot to do it because now that I'm sick and things have been going so freaky here the past couple weeks i have all those pictures of all of you awesome people uh showing us your bearded drum stickers a lot of it's on instagram um so i'll i'll up for next week i'll put that i can make a little video montage of everybody showing off their stickers and uh so thank you for doing that um again if uh if you haven't done that you can tag myself and jared there are our handles on instagram at j underscore rat and at S Nelson underscore junior uh, tag us with you, uh, you know, putting your sticker on or just holding it, whatever. And uh, if you don't have Instagram, you can again, just send it to beardedrums at gmail.com. I think I've reposted everyone, but normally I don't get to see everything until I go on work and I have two 30 minute breaks and I'm trying to like juggle everything within those two or 30 minutes of like eating, doing whatever, like, and then, perusing through Instagram. I think I got everyone. If not, just yell at me and send me another like DM or something. Be like, you didn't do this. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I'll make a whole little thing and I'll add it to uh, the the BDL thing I have on my main page nice. on my Instagram. Yeah, we got um, nothing but good time, guys. It's uh, 
you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get everybody caught up. We'll get everybody the stickers at some point. We get everybody tagged and everybody thanked. And, uh, so again, thank you to all those that did it. Uh, that was, uh, super fun. And I hope you are enjoying your super awesome bearded drums, legacy stickers. Um, so we've been talking about it for more than a month and, uh, it has finally happened. If anybody that follows me on Instagram, uh, they'll know that the snare drum finally came in from Pearl Drums. And then via that, Pearl Drums in Nashville through the Music City Custom Program. So happy with the freaking experience. There is the wrong picture. Proud of you. There we go. There it is. There is our Pearl reference series. Music City Custom, 6.5 by 14 20 ply snare drum it is 25 millimeters of blended maple and birch goodness i can't remember the exact specs i want to say it's like 12 plies of maple and then interspersed in there is eight plies of birch i am getting everything together right now for the what do you call it uh the video review that I'll do on it. And I actually have a beautiful shot of uh, Jarrett can attest uh, to the, the massive shell that is on this. How much you think that thing weighs? That's easy. Like 25 pounds. Yeah. It's heavy. It's really, I mean, it looks like just a six and a half by 14 right here. But when you grab it and that shell weight takes over, it is pretty much a behemoth. So, Super happy with how this went. Uh, we are basically still in what I would consider pandemic-ish times. Yeah. So supply chains are short. Things don't typically happen as quickly as they used to. That drum was ordered on uh, the 6th of June. And then it came in. And I thought that it was going to be really quick because more than likely that shell would have already been in Nashville at the Music City Custom yeah. office. Because that's a st- like that's the one of the oldest blends for their higher-end drums reference. That's one of the most popular snare drums they make in that series. Why would they not just have a blank 6.5 by 14 shell ready to drill? Um, so I was like, well, this is going to go quick. And it he, the guy at Sweetwater, Colin, thank you so much for all the, the help you gave me, seemed to think it was going to be the same thing. I'm almost positive that drum came from Pearl in Japan straight to Sweetwater um, because it had the customs tape uh, when they open your package. Yeah. Uh, it had the, your package has been opened by U.S. Customs. So I think in the course of a month, with as hard as it is to get things around right now, Pearl probably already had it made but shipped from Japan to Nashville. Nashville drilled wrapped glued um and hardwired up the drum and exact it was almost exactly to the day it was like maybe either a day short or uh long that i got the it took one month yeah i remember we saw the birthday yeah and that's cool i I mean that was one thing i like about it that drum has a literal birthday and it is like june you'll have to go over there shortly and find out it's like june 25th 2021 is when that drum was born um, so I have to give them like major props. Like if it really did come from Pearl, that means 
in a 30 days. It came from Japan to Nashville, got made, shipped to Sweetwater, and then shipped to me. Yeah. Um, I'm oh so happy. I'll put the picture back up. The finish came out awesome. And this is one of those cases where you, and you, I guess you can't always rely on this thing. That finish looks exactly like the picture in the Sweetwater. The, the graining of the black and the silver looks no different. So I got exactly what I thought I was getting. Sound-wise, I got exactly what I knew I was going to get. I know what a reference drum sounds like. I've heard plenty of these 20 plies before. Um, so completely happy with the sound, the, the, the rate at which they turned the drum out. And I was able to finance it through Sweetwater, so it's not like a financial, even though it's going to be paid off fairly quickly, it's not a financial strain on me to be able to get something like this, which is, you know, it's, it's rather expensive. Um, but it's black, basically it's black and silverish white, which means it'll blend in color wise with just about everything. It looks plenty at home on the, uh, the, I don't know if, the if the, yeah, the GoPro's too far away, but yeah, it looks plenty at home on the reference kit, even though the reference kit is freaking purple. Yeah. Um, completely happy with it. Was not happy with the head situation, but that's to be expected. Like, <clears throat> I don't know what the thickest I've ever played. Maybe an eight ply drum. I've never played a twenty ply, and it is. I have to admit, it is different. It's got a very different sound, and it's not what you would think. Like you would think, a twenty five pound twenty ply snare drum is going to be like crazy loud and un. Like volume is not the issue with that drum. Not that there's an issue, but volume is not an issue with that drum. It's not any louder or quieter than any other snare drum I've ever hit in my life. It's just got a total difference because of how thick that shell is. And uh, what did we start out with? A, a UV-1? Yep. And was it, ha- it was a little pingy, but I'm, I don't think that was really the case. I think I was just too antsy with not having it perfect. I don't think I had anything tight enough at that point, top or bottom. Yeah. Um, then we, we went to what's on there now is the Genera, the Evans Genera, which is just a 10-ply, like a... Uh, uh, it's a single. It's a single ply. Yeah, a single ply with a uh, with a ten mil like overtone ring, ring on the inside. Yeah, um, I don't like that in the long run. It is too muffled. Um, so when I ordered the other thing I got this week, I made sure to get a uh, power center reverse dot, which is again just a one ply coated with the reverse dot on the bottom. I think that is going to be choice. Um, I finally got it up to tension, so now it sounds really good. You're probably going to have to be the one that plays it tonight because I feel like shit. Yeah. Um, my ear is not really hurting, but I, can te- I can't hear anything, number two, so that would be really weird to try to play and not hear out of my right side. But we'll, we'll get Jared up there on it and let you smack around on it a little bit. But I was completely happy with it. Sweetwater did a great job. To get it from door to door in a month is pretty... Uh, oh, yeah. That's pretty quick, so... Finally, it's here. I got a full reference set. There it is. The full reference setup. Um, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a little ahead of you now, so I don't have to worry so much. It's like, no, nah, I got it, man. I got that one. <laughs> I don't need anything else. Maybe an eight. If I could find an eight, I think I'd be <laughs> super stoked. I thought I found you an eight. I'm like, no, Jared, No, that's a ten. a ten. The color was, everything was perfect. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man, ten by eight. I'm like, yeah, ten by eight. Like, that's not going to work. Because I am always go... I'm like, oh, yep. and I was like, yo, cool. And you're like, no. I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought it was like a, like a reverse power tom. Like, it's a smaller diameter, 
but a bigger depth. That'd be a cool thing to have. Be a little because yeah. match should match the same height as your. No, you're wrong. Like, well, son of a gun. <laughs> it's always next time. Uh, but you know, so now it's pretty much complete. Got symbols. Everything symbol wise is perfect right now. Got your new for, one in finally. Yeah, they uh, Istanbul did their warranty return on that broken one, and they picked a really nice one out. Like it looks perfect. Um, so everything is like cruising along until like Mike Malone and you, I had a breakdown and had a piece of hardware break on me. It was the snare stand for the DW lightweight set. And I love that snare stand. And I was even kind of afraid, even though it doesn't matter because it broke before I got the, yeah. the new snare. I was afraid to put that snare on that stand because I was like, this thing is going to break this little snare stand. It, granted, it didn't. So props to DW on that little thin snare stand being to hold up a 20-plus pound drum. Yeah. Um, but it broke, and it broke in a weird spot because it's still usable, but it is broke. Um, so I basically came to the conclusion it's time to ditch the lightweight great experiment and go back to double braced full on Pearl 900 series. I have a great set of stuff. I've had it forever. And, uh, I've gotten used to using this little bag and I do not want to go back to my TPX two. the, the SKB. Yeah. Road case? The yeah. big road case that carries everything. The symbols, the hardware, the blah, blah, whatever. It's unruly. It's huge. I'm too old to carry crap like that around. Um, I just can't do it anymore. Uh, so I opted for yet another SKB product because SKB really is a great company. Everything you buy from them doesn't matter what it is, if it's drum or camera or just like watertight cases. It's all lifetime warranty. I got the SKB medium size hardware case. It's just a square freaking box. It's got some straps on it, but it's made out of that great plastic uh, like ABS stuff that you uh, that SKB uses. It's unbreakable. And I have to admit, I'll give uh, major props to SKB. Uh, every time something is broken on that other case, they don't even ask you for a receipt. They yeah, just they do. say address, part number, and it's like, and they'll send you shit. So I'm sure if anything, there's usually if anything, it's the buckles, like the snap buckles for the straps. If anything ever breaks, they'll replace it. But I know SKB. Anybody that's ever used SKB knows like the quality and the ruggedness. So now I can use my old hardware again. I d it's got wheels on it. It's got a pull-out handle, so I can actually get this. I did it to make sure I could get it into the car by myself. Like, roll it up, lean it against it, and just push from the bottom, and it goes in. Everything's in there. Uh, I even put my throne top in there, and I forgot to do it, but I, I, I know it will fit. Is My stick bag will go in there, too. So it'll be literally the cymbal bag, the drum bags, and that. Um, so... It'll all still go in the cart. I'm not losing or gaining anything, but I can go back to using big time, big boy hardware. Um, now that the great experiment is over with the uh, whole lightweight thing. Yeah, because I, I am a little. I mean, I I like the the symbol stands are great, but now nah, all right, hold on. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you because we're we're approaching the topic of the day. <laughs> um, so so the, anyway, that's basically what's been going on. Everybody's got shit that's coming in. Um, everyone's got about stuff's breaking on us left and right. Jarrett had hi hat stand break. Mike Malone had his snare stand. His snare stand broke. My st and he has the same yeah. one, right? Yeah, same the one. DW lightweight. Uh, mine broke. So 
I'm going back to that that pearl. What is it? Buy it once, play it for life. Like, it's true. Like, all of the pearl stuff I have, don't matter if it's 10 years old or 2 years old, it all works. So, I'm sorry. I can't do it anymore. I am old, but stuff has wheels, and I'll roll around. Uh, oh, I love, I love my hardware case. That a head case that my mom got me years ago. The OGO, dude, that thing is still try. You've you've seen it. It's a not those. Well, OGO bags are nice. OGO doesn't put crap out. No, and I even for one of those wheels being cockeyed from me just slamming it down for all these years, it still rolls straight. I mean, you need to vacuum it out. That TPX two or whatever it's called that's in there, it's more than ten years old and has been beat. Has fallen out of the back of my truck, standing up from full height twice. It works perfectly. Like when you buy good gear, you know it's going to last. And the, you know most of those kind of companies have the the warranty that usually backs it up. Like yeah. if, it's, if it's not unconditional, it's still a lifetime warranty. Like if you didn't do anything stupid, we'll fix it. You know, so OGO or Ahead, uh, SKB, Pearl Hardware, Gibraltar Hardware. You know, and nothing against DW Hardware. We just pushed that lightware hardware way past the limit of, I think, what it was designed for. Which, that's going to have to be a video that's going to have to be done on my part. Is like a full update and like a two-year come back around to like, all right, now here's two years spent with it. If you're going to use it for this, this, and this, yes. If you're going to use it for this, this, and this, no. So I think that's going to have to be done. Um, But it's been a busy two weeks. All kinds of stuff going on. Uh, Before we get into that, what's... uh, uh, the comments looking like. Well, let's catch it back up with the boys. Mark Whitten says, "I hate infections. They're the worst." Yeah, it sucks. We got Mark Garundo. Hello from Boulder, Colorado. Your favorite neighborhood stick spinner. Welcome back, guys. What is up, my friend? What's up, Mike? We've got Charlie Smith. Evening, fellas. Good to see you back again. Good to see oh, you buddy. too, Charlie. And also, by the way, Charlie will have his own podcast coming out at the beginning of August. August 10th is the thing. It's called Groovecast. It's him and a buddy of his, Ashley Walker, I believe is the last name. That's cool. And it's all about the rhythm section. So we've got a bass player and a drummer talking about shenanigans, and I'd like to... That's going to be cool, man. Yeah, especially because I, I, I want to know a little more about the, the UK scene since he's yeah, over there. that's going to be cool. I'm interested in that for sure. Oh, yeah. Then we got Mike Malone, DTS for life, the only way to live. That's right, boy. we got R. Kaler, Gretsch Renown, Artema Stark, classic... WB Walnut Birch. I'm assuming that's a toughie. That's a tough one. Um, I would say all around sound. Gretsch Renown. You need more tack and more umph Tama, and that's yeah. That's a good way to put it. That's what I'm. That's what I would say. That's a good. That's a a good uh, for a short and sweet answer. Yeah, uh, because that's but both of those are super high quality offerings. Oh yeah. uh, It's more task specific. Just like you said, all around the Gretsch is going to work best. And then for more definition or attack, the the Tamas have always yeah. uh, you know exceeded in that department. Yeah, especially with the walnut bubinga combination. Yeah, I mean, the, sorry, the walnut birch combination. It's always a very uh, high output loud. Like if you got to play a gig with no mics, yeah, yeah, yeah. forever, that's the kid I'd play. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, like you have mics, do you know who needs mics? <laughs> you know you're good to go. Uh, you got Dave Drake. Evening guys, love the legacy sticker. Glad you enjoyed That's it, right. Dave. There you go. Uh, see, Dave Huckstep, if you want a custom Gretsch drum of any size, any color, Steve can get it for you in his shop in Chicago. It's awesome. I, that's on my bucket list, David, is to go check out uh, every drum shop every that drum was shop. ever was. <laughs> yeah. all, the, all the cool ones, anyway. <laughs> the ones that aren't around. Yeah. Um, we got Charlie Smith says, 
Uh, yeah, don't get into amassing symbols. It's a dangerous addiction. My little arsenal is topping 30-something now, and it's getting stupid. Somehow justifying 12 ride symbols to myself. Charlie, I don't think I own anything else except ride symbols. I think yeah, I have... you have a lot of ride Let's see. Symbols. Only crashes I have is that little 16 I just picked up, that old 16 from you, the Crash of Doom, the 20, the... Cluster twenty inch, yeah, and then that nineteen special. That's that's five out of all the stuff I own. I only have five crashes. Everything else are rides. See, I'm crash heavy, and at this point, I only have. I mean, Istanbul. I have one total. You have two through Istanbul. Two, three rides. <laughs> the I always forget about the Bowser set, but yeah, three rides. Everything else is crashes. So it's almost the complete opposite. But yeah, I'd, I say go for it. Screw it. Screw the snare drums and screw the drum kit. Spend all your money on cymbals. Every just, brand. Just, all yeah. the models. And if there's ever like a brass deficit, just melt them down. Yeah. <laughs> and you <laughs> well, you know, I, I play Zildjian, but I kind of like Sabian. Go buy a Sabian set. And have both. Yeah. You know, uh, I like this too, but buy it all. Who cares? Unless you're like me, just stupid OCD where it's like, no brand can encroach on another brand during a performance. Like, yeah. yeah. Other than that, who gives a crap play out all all that stuff is sounding really good these days oh yeah um um we got uh germ says i couldn't be happier with my hhx complex those are really dope but to me they just sound a little a little thin but well from the videos i've watched i haven't got to actually put my hands and i had in person uh, you had the hi-hats yeah that was it. 15 yeah and i was not was not not pleased, but I wasn't. Ple- I don't know. I don't, I don't think it, it's my fault. I don't play those kinds of hi hats. I play thicker. Typically, to be honest with you, even though I don't have any more brilliant hi hats, I never play paper thin or washy sounding hi hats. So it kind of makes sense that I wasn't really that happy. They were super nice. Oh, I like that because that was the one I play. I play big thin. But my 15s that I have now, the Istanbul's, they're not thin. They play like I like them to play. Um, and kind of the same thing with those 13s now that I blended the two sets. Like, the top one's laid, but the uh, the bottom one's raw. Um, in any other situation, it would probably be a brilliant pair of hi-hats. Probably a pair of 13s. Um, but, uh, I don't know. The, like most of that stuff, that HH complex is too expensive to try to just go into that thought process of, yeah. oh, I need six of those. That's another couple of $3,000. <laughs> so much. Um, we got David saying, Tom's mounted straight to shells. Hell yes, buddy. Oh, yeah. Um, nothing but drums. 20 ply? Yes, sir. It is 20 plies. 20 freaking ply. Not three, not six, not eight, it's not 15. Beautiful. 20. It's I don't know why who thought but it's weird because that's the reference thing like any reference drum is normal but any reference snare doesn't matter what it is is twenty ply oh but I want a four ply well you can't get it in reference uh, the thirteens the five the five and a half the six and a half by fourteens are all twenty ply so that was always kind of their thing um, but yeah it is massive um, and oddly enough like I was saying. Even though it is massive, it's not like you touch it and it's way too loud. Yeah. Like, it sounds like a regular snare drum. It's just a tonal thing um, and the kind of the way it 
it smacks because I'll I'll have to get the picture up for next week. That shell is really interesting the way it kind of digs into itself because it is that freaking thick. Um, but yeah, it's 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 one of the more interesting drums I've ever played for sure from Pearl. I know Swindle showed me a drum he's making for a guy right now when I went and visit him, and um, he was like, "Touch this." I was like, "Okay," and it was already like partially lathed down on the outside and uh i'm like that's heavy he goes the dude didn't ask what type of didn't tell what type of, he said just make me the heaviest loudest thing you can so he found like i forgot what it's called but it is dark and it is a very dense yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean it is a it is a heavy snare drum i think it's it's heavy as that with no hardware on it yet yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a it's going to be a beast of a drum he's like i got to take this a little bit more off it he's like but it's just going to be well, Probably would, the would heaviest drum I've ever stave, built. Uh, yeah, you know, or a, a lathe drum. Like, yeah, they seem like they have the monopoly on maximum output. Um, y- your bass drum that you talk about. God, dude, that you know, that was a <laughs> big, big, big for twenty. Big old. Do a lot of people by surprise. So, like, what size is that? It's twenty. Yep. There's no way. Oh yeah. Twenty. 14, no, 14 20. by 20. 20. Yeah, you mean 20. No, no. 20. Two zero. <laughs> There's no extra inches. No, that's what you get. Um, uh, we got Charlie. Have you seen the single brace Pearl 900 stuff? Or I the, have. Or the flat base 150? I, I, I'm not interested in flat base anymore. Um, I don't like it in the long run. Um, but I did see that single brace stuff that they had come out with, and it looks dope. But I just, again, was like, you have a full set of really nice gonna last you forever hardware just use what you got i'll use that case that i just got it'll more than pay for itself yeah not just the gigs where i'm taking the normal setup but like when i go to lake charles and places like that where it's a it's a shrunk down setup because they have the house kit there where i can put everything in that tpx um where that meat whatever the model is but put like everything and just literally rolling my backpack and that pulling that behind me so um I wanted to look at that Pearl stuff, but it was like, why spend three or four hundred dollars when you have a perfectly good set, all booms? You know, it'll work perfectly. Because so. yeah, I'm looking at getting a whole new set of of light but strong, gig worthy, but also if I put a 24 inch ride and have to put the boom off of it, it's not gonna come through and destroy yeah, whatever you have to have a. It a real stand. For so that. that's what I'm looking at right now. And that's been a very tough, uh, endeavor for me. I've been looking at Gibraltar and DW stuff, but now I'm looking at probably, I would, I prefer not to have Pearl hardware on a Gretsch kit, but I mean, what can you do? Back for yeah. once, play for life guys. I know. Um, we got David Huckstep says, and yes, I got my sticker. Thank you. Of course, David, we got David Bygum says, what's up guys. Hope your Thursday is going good. And thanks for the sticker. That's right. He goes, the reference snare looks killer. Thank you, David. Thank you, sir. And then Dave Drake, uh, JT, what about see, about what size is your OG hardware case? So the one that I have, it comes in three sizes. Yeah. You have this, um, break it down, it's small, medium, and large. And I have the large case. Okay. Now, the large one, I'm able to fit, back when I carried a bunch of stuff, I was able to put my throne base Hi-hat, this is all full-size, double-braced, heavy stuff. So my throne base, throne top, um, my floor tom was hanging, so I had a 
another symbol base for that. I had three ride symbols for jazz. I had three booms. Um, plus, I had my stick bag. There's a front pocket behind the first flap, and I'd put my music inside that because it's big enough. I'd also put my stick bag inside of that. And at the very top, I would keep my pedal um, up at the very front. And I'd still have room to put more stuff if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, I used to put my music stand in it as well. Now, the cool thing with that case, Dave, is that uh, you have buckles on the inside. So you just pull the buckles out to the side. You lay all your stuff in there like accordingly, like how you want it laid out. And then you put the buckles back on and then cinch it down. And that way nothing shakes. Yeah. So yeah. the only loose piece I had was my uh, bass drum pedal and then my uh, throne top. Yeah, yeah. Now, there was like a weird little thing that had at the very top where you had like a little divider for your bass drum pedal. I didn't use it because I kept my stands. This is how cool that case was. I could take and have my stands almost like uncollapsed, like besides just the bass folded down because it's so tall. Just sling them in there, tighten it down, and then go. Um, but I take, I either take like the top part of it down and just sling it down the bottom, whatever. But I mean, you could hold quite a bit of stuff. Well, that was what I was looking at when I was considering uh, the hardware case. Was it was basically between the T, the the SKB, and one of the ahead bags. I was looking at the medium one, but apparently now, if I'd have gotten that, that probably would have been too small. Um, based on what you were able to put in use, because I would have basically been putting in the, about the same amount as what you're putting in. I think you'd still have enough room, because, I mean, I was putting, I had a DW9000 that my dad got me uh, from, then I had, uh, like, the big boy pearl hi-hat, and then a bunch of, like, Gibraltar double bass. Yeah. yeah. Double brace I'd put in there. And I also used to have a, a double bass pedal, too, and I used to have that whole thing. I like a head. Un- unconnected. <laughs> it still it was I just plop it in there. A head's um, always made really nice stuff. And with that case has been that with that bag, it's that the backside is super hard. Um I've taken it, I've just thrown it in the bed of my truck. Nothing's ever I've had it rain in the back. I gotta do a little bit of wiping down my hardware, but I've had it since what, junior year of high school? So we're almost 10 years getting yeah. close to it. And that bad boy is just slightly discolored from the sun. Well, and yeah, anybody that has ever owned an OGO bag, because that's really what OGO does, is makes like backpacks and stuff like that. They'll tell you that like they're expensive, but they're really worth it. Yeah, it's, really sli- nice. it's slightly discovered, discolored. And then one of my uh, casters on the back is like slightly bent in for me. Being extremely rough with it because I just didn't care. Like I would just take it and then just throw it down behind me, and it would just bam. That'd be like, you knew you knew where I was getting yeah. to a gig because you just hear that hardware bag just flop on the <laughs> ground, and you know just and then you have that retractable luggage handle. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I used to when I had to go play at the Hard Rock, or whatever, and have my whole jazz kit slung across my back. Some I put my cymbal bag inside my bass drum bag. And then, like, have that slung around me and then carry, like, my snare and tom on my shoulders and then have the hardware wheels and then just, like, scooch on in. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, that, that was my one-trip setup. It was just me looking like a, like a weirdo, just, like, yeah, bagged I'm up. never abandoning the one-trip setup, that's for sure. No. Now that I've gone to it, I cannot go back from the one-trip setup. 
Well, I believe I have the the large one, Dave, and it holds a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot. Yeah, it's a good uh, anything a head makes or OGO is uh, is a good choice. They never had a problem with the zippers. Um, it's been it's been solid since I've had it for all this time, and I've like I was telling, I've said it. I'm rough with that bag. That bag has barely been inside. It's always been outside. Yeah. Uh, like I had to dust it off for this past gig this week, the two weeks ago. Knocked the cobwebs off a little bit. Kind of brushed it down. Got all the dust off from me sanding stuff around it, and still fine. Yeah, works fine. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. all that matters. I mean, you spend the good money, you expect it to work forever, basically. Oh, for one more thing about that bag. So you have the inside buckles. You also have the outside buckles. So if you want it to be tight, yeah. You, once you zip it up, you then can take the outside buckles, go across it, and then cinch it down hard one more time, and nothing in that bag is going to move. Yeah, yeah. It's solid. I, I love that bag. But, uh, yeah, that's sweet. Are we caught up? Yeah, we're all caught up. Nice. Right as rain. Um, all right. Well, then we can get to this week's viewers of missions. <laughs> <laughs> I need a sting for that. <laughs> all right. So you've got your descriptions pulled up, or do you need a second? I don't um, even know. We will start with yeah. In are the photos, in, you've are got they in the, photos. Uh, uh, okay. uh, we'll start with Mr. Mark Whitman, who has a couple of projects backlogged on our little files so far so we'll just use this one as the most recent one that i've gotten or not the most recent one um the the one that he sent right before we took our little two-week break and jared will tell you guys what we got going on here we got mark whitman says yet more projects trying to take care of business here i completed a couple drums i acquired and pulled off the black wrap dismantled and cleaned the hardware sanded and linseed oiled the insides repainted the bass drum hoops rewrapped until sequin textured sparkle vinyl fabric threw on some gently used evans 360 heads and tuned her up whoo sounds pretty decent for low-end toms now onto the peach sequins that, uh, oh. that's the one we're not going to get to oh um that's so that uh, the one you just described these are the drums he started out with oh gp percussion that's dude. right and then what do you think mr mark whitman the wizard of rewraps himself is gonna do he's gonna always come out with a super wrong picture but a super <laughs> beautiful color there we go that looks really nice yeah i love a teal sparkle it is one of the classiest colors in my opinion you can take your white marine pearls and shove them up your butt because Teal sparkle is the gentleman's color if you want to be fancy about your drum kit. I think I have another shot of the bass drum, and it came out looking really good as usual. Mark, you have gotten pretty clean at getting just about any drum rewrapped, and it's nice and level, and everything looks like it's tucked in correctly. Um, I love that color for sure. Good old Ludwig rockers, too. Yeah, and I don't know if he had a description in there for that little snare drum in uh, that email? He does not. Okay. Um, well, then I'll leave that for uh, next week. Um, but, yeah, so this is, again, this is what we started out with. Very typical black. And then, of course, in good Mark fashioned, we end up with a really pretty finish and a closer shot up on the bass drum. Yeah, that came out looking really nice. And I, even though that's a, what does that say? Ludwig Rocker? It's Ludwig Rocker. I like that uh, bass drum 
lugs. Like how it's got basically it's double lug, but there's a tube running. Yeah. That's cool looking. Rockers are solid, but here's the only downside with rockers is that the Ludwig fanboys, you got one of two guys, either my rockers are amazing or rockers are dumb and cheap. And you have two guys that argue on both sides of the aisle. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mark, you could be on a gold mine for re-wrapping that rocker bass drum. That's right. Or some guy be like, you've ruined the sanctity of it. You can never. (laughs) It's the only thing with Ludwig dudes is like the minute your washer is not the correct washer, Done. You would think, you know, Bill Ludwig himself rolling over in his grave or something just because you didn't have the proper spring tension on the inside of your lug. Which is crazy that, like, and I was looking at like, old photos from dudes back in the day. Like, no one liked the other dude's hardware. Like, I saw a bunch of old Gretsch photos of dudes that had Swivomatics uh, installed on their bass drums or uh, Ludwigs with extra hardware because they didn't like what came on it. Yeah, yeah. And they just... That was just what they did, and everyone's like, well, the guy do grease is what? No, some guy was gigging around and was like, this sucks, and then just bolted <laughs> it down. Well, you know, the drums pull. may have been the best back in the day, but and the all h- the blah, 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 and the zildjian this, and the... But the Gretsch hardware The was, hardware is now, baby. Yeah. Like, we win for sure as took far them, as the hardware concerns. Took them years to figure out how to get it right. <laughs> all right. Thank you again, Mark, for sending that in. Another beautiful rewrap. And we'll move on to the snare with the kit next week in uh, in that submission. So now we'll move on to Mr. Michael Malone, who has for us, Jarrett. So we got show gear submission. Show so, gear submission. So after ordering this kit from Amazon and only getting sent two toms and then waiting over a month to get my money back, and then finding out no store in the country could get this kit stocked until November, I found a new friend on the Gretschdrum Friends Facebook page who sold me the exact kit I wanted for cheaper. Nice. So here is my new Gretsch Renown RN2 in Silver Oyster Pearl. 20-inch kick, 10, 12, 14 toms. Loving this thing and the 302 hoops. I mind up replacing the suspension mounts for a DTS sooner or later, but I'll get to that down the road. Mike Malone. And we were talking about it. For it to be considered silver oyster pearl, it's more blue than anything. Uh, I mean, it's this is one of the finishes I think of when I think of Gretsch. So many guys that are big players for them use this finish. Um, it's one of their older finishes. I, I I think this is probably one of the one of the perfect colors to pick. And it again, this is one of those really nice colors that goes with anything if you're on like a really nice lit stage or if it's like a wooden stage where you're trying to look cra- like classy, this always is going to look good. And that's a sharp looking kit. And to be able to get it for cheaper from your little magical hookup, you know, makes it all the better. Oh yeah. Cause that's solid kit. And I'm very happy that Mike got his whole Amazon thing solved and fixed. And he's got this kit. He, like I told you before we started, he got, the rest of his new classic stuff sold, so yeah, I'm yeah. glad he got all that done. So now he can spend more money and show us new things. We got two Gretsch overlords here, Mike and Jarrett, trying to gain supremacy with the the sling some weight around here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, there is Mike's brand new, super sharp looking Gretsch kit. Perfect sizes, you know, at least in my opinion. So I think you got a nice little. 
working rig there for sure. Oh, yeah, he's been getting flamed. Uh, what? For, uh, like, the dudes are like, you got to do an exact sound comparison between your Catalinas and your Renown, bro. He's not tuned the same with same heads. Is anybody bro. else tired of this shit like me? Like, what is? what are we doing here? <laughs> what exactly are we doing here? Like, come on, guys. It's a pissing Who cares? Do you like the Catalinas? Well, yeah. Well, play them. Yeah. Do you like USA Customs? Well, yeah. Play them. I don't, I don't care. Like, as long as you're happy, that's it. That's all that really matters. Yeah, I put my Catalinas up the other day to practice on. I forgot how good the little cut-down kit sounded. That floor, that floor tom yeah. sounds huge. It smash. It yeah. really does smash. <laughs> like, and it's, I'll spend two or three days on the reference. And then we get to a gig where I have to pull out the Midtown. And again, I'm always like, man, this little thing sounds great. Like, and that's $400 versus 4000 4, yeah, yeah. Like, seriously. At some point, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's probably dead on it. Like, literally, four, f- literally 10 times the investment. And both make me extremely happy. Like, I really, and I've said it to you, I don't think I could bring the reference to the juke joint. I think it would be too overpowering in yeah. that little corner. That little midtown is perfect, but then I get to AJ's or the Hangout or um, uh, whatever the place in Pensacola is called, uh, Willies, something, and the, and then the bigger kit, obviously, that's where it really sits in its perfect spot. So, who cares if you like Catalinas, if you like USA Cuss, it does not matter as long as it sounds good. Yeah, and I think we can all agree just about everything sounds good today. It's more what personally fits you. Yeah, I, mean, I know we we harp on this a lot, but. That's really what it comes down to. Um, so, again, thank you, Mike, for sending that in. Beautiful kit. Would love to hear it in a video soon. Uh, what was it? The most recent video he put up, and then my girlfriend walked by, and she's like, I forget what the title. Uh, the I Love You. Yeah, yeah, and she was like, really? And I'm like, yeah, he puts, like, it's all, like, nostalgic 90s stuff. And, she, and of course, then she, two seconds later, she's like, I love you always, always forever. And I'm like, yep, see, yeah. it's it gets in there, and then you Cause, can't. Because <laughs> I'll sing that song every once in a while, but to me, my favorite part, I was telling him, I was like, I just love the bridge of that tune. Say you love me, dum bum ba dum ba till I say oh, ba da da. Yeah. You write that chord, dun dun da It just hits on that one chord, which is a really cool bridge to have one chord be like the whole basis of a bridge, not multiple ones yeah, that yeah. change it. It's just that. She got a super good. It was funny. She oh, got a kick out of it, and so I was like, "Yeah, he puts all the, all the great '90s jams." Yeah, I was even sure. working. I got weird looks. Are like, "What the hell are you listening to?" I was like, "I love you <laughs> with vibraphone, dog." Duh, duh. <laughs> Don't you remember that jam? You nerd. Um, so again, thank you, Mike, for sending that submission in, and then we'll move into our last one for the week. I think you all know who it is because he does not miss a freaking beat. That is the bespoke drummer himself. Mr. Joshua Reslow and Jarrett has the description for us for what he is building this go-round. We got drums from Josh. Welcome back. Good evening, friends. It's good to have you guys back on live. Today, I am submitting the Vintage Circus Kit. I completed this set 4th of July weekend and made sure to go down to my local Civic Celebration in Franklin, Wisconsin to photograph this set. Drum sizes include my signature 10 by 22 kick, 9 by 12 rack, and 16 by 16 floor. 
I originally got this drum set from my local music go round for forty dollars. It had no batch oh no no badge or brand name on it, and of course it was black. I've been collecting vintage circus posters over the last two years, and I was happy to finally put them to use. The circus idea has been on hold for the past two years while I was exploring other ideas. It felt great to finally finish it and play it. Thanks as always, Josh. Well, and as usual, you freaking nailed it again with the theming. And I like how he goes to the circus to bring the circus kit. Yeah, no, of, of, I mean, come on. If we're talking about complete... Yeah, Josh, you need to work for Disney. That's what you need to do. Like, they're into specific theming as you are. Like, you could probably do that with your side business of mastering the bespoke drumming world. Um, I'm always, like, just shocked that he seems to top himself. Every damn time. The hell's on his bass drum? Uh, that little puck-looking thing? Yeah, what's that little puck? Let us know if you're here, buddy. What, what's in the bass drum? What's in the bass drum? I'll be a good uh, like TV show skit. Be like, what's in the oh, look. bass drum? I got a little overhead shot. What is that? It looks like a paddle or something. Are we doing Karate Kid up in this bass drum? What are we doing here? Or one of those, um, those dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it. Yeah, that's what I don't I'm know. That's the Karate Kid. I oh, yeah, it. that is, yeah. I used to have one. Look, it's, there it is. I think you're right. I think it's a paddle. One of those little chuck chuckas Yeah, the dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it. Let's see if I can find another shot. No. Yeah, I think that's what it is, but that, I, it, Josh, if you're here, we need some info here, buddy. We've me, got some mysteries that you need to uh, solve go, for us. Let me go back to the, the YouTube YouTubes, and then let me get the live. Dude, we're trying to figure out what you got in this bass drum, sir. You got some secret kind of uh, uh, percussion accessory that we don't know about here. Oh, here we go. Old circus rattle. Even the muffling technique for the inside <laughs> is on theme. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. It's got. I mean, obviously, if you're going to do that theme... Wrangling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey. That's that's what you go after. Um, Freaking nailed it as usual. Did he? I, of course, I was blowing my nose. Did he say who this was for? Um, let me go back to the email. Sorry, says, guys, I had uh, to go blow my nose. No, I just said it's been on hold. Um, didn't say who it's for specifically. Um, he might tell us if it's like for a certain band or buddy of his wouldn't it be dope if it was for some dude that worked for that circus that'd be pretty neat yeah but yeah as usual always looks good oh look at that you see the um the kick the the hoops yep continues with the rap from the main kick drum now that would be a for me i would be so upset if i could not get it just ever so like lined up perfect i would hate for it to be shifted ever so askew it's when you know you got a true master at work. He's lining up the image of the the rap all the way through the freaking hoop. I bet that was a pain in the <laughs> ass to get that right. And you and you and you can't screw it up. Like you have to do. Yeah, because if that, you start over, it's like it's like trimming your beard. Once you go up too high, you're done. You're just gonna. It's gonna be it's gone it's by it. the end of the. <laughs> That's a measure thrice. Which happened to Dakamomo recently. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he goes, it's for sale. So if you want a Joshua Breslow piece, buy the circus kit. Let me get to a big shot. 
and then we can sell this thing for him. There we go. If you are interested in this bass drum, you can get it from Josh Breslow Drums. Simply oh. search Breslow Drum Company, I think is I his, think so. Is um, his, uh, I'm sure he'll let us know in the chat whether we're right or wrong. But yeah, if you're interested in this, or if you are interested in any kind of custom work in, as far as wrapping or images put on a drum, Josh seems to be the guy to go to. Definitely check out his Instagram as well. If you are a hip like that, uh, you'll definitely see what he's sent us so far and some other things. Yeah, always, always topping himself. So that, I believe, oh yeah, uh, that is it for the viewer submissions for the week. I did have a couple of pictures left because I was telling Jarrett my little funny story. I think what kicked off this whole getting sick for me thing was the freaking gig in Vicksburg, Mississippi. You sat behind a fog machine. We were we were in <laughs> Vicksburg, Mississippi. And the dude had like a straight up professional fogger, like rack mounted in a hard case. It wasn't there was no plastic. There was no plug it into the wall. It had like a three prong power cord and a big red it looked like a a rack of power supplies is what it looked like. Uh, what you got? like a a Furman uh, power conditioner. It was serious. And he ran that thing. And I'm not complaining because I do, like, when you have the hazer up, the beam of the light cuts through and it looks really nice. He ran that thing all freaking night. And the singer texts me the next day. She's like, Are you feeling as bad as I am? I'm like, Yeah. And I think that's what touched off this whole sinus allergy thing with me, leading to the culmination of the most awesome ear infection ever. Um, was him running that thing. And I was telling Jarrett, they had a really cool options actually for this gig at this Ameristar Casino in Vicksburg, Mississippi. They had your choice of a full Maple Absolute uh, Yamaha Shell Bank that you could, you could pick from, or they had a DW Collector's Series. And the Collector's Series was already set up, and I don't want to screw with anything, so I was like, well, that's fine. I, I would love to play the Yamaha. But this is already there, and you've, it's already mic'd, and it's ready to go. So this is the kit that I got to play on at the Something Something Blues Bar in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Really nice stage. He had a real, like, the lighting looked really good. The picture's probably terrible, but that's really more my fault. Um, it was weird, though. It was, number one, it was weird sizes. It was the big boy 22, the 22 by 16. It was 10, 12, 14, a 14 by 12, or a 12 by 14 hanging, not even a 14 floor tom. Uh, I, the, uh, the mount for the bass drum they didn't have, they just had like a stand to put the two toms on. So I couldn't really get both of the toms where I would normally want them. So I ended up just going for the, you know, one up, one down. But it was kind of weird. And I was telling Jared, this was the single loudest bass drum I have ever played in my entire career as a professional drummer like soups loud because i know whenever i took mine to felix's when i had my collector's kid that was one thing that we had a little bit of an issue with uh getting mic'd was that it was just so loud and so loud. and i had a pillow and stuff in it and you could still we're still getting feedback from it i mean i I, I mean i spent and i tuned that kit at felix's to try to get it to sound like that floor tom was massive. That sixteen by sixteen I had, and then that kick drum was disgustingly loud. Yeah, and I was like, "Are you sure it wasn't enough?" Like, no, it's maple. It's like, 
Yeah, it was no, it was it was maple for sure. And uh, I started out because you know even though most guys run ears, they have a fill right there on the side of the drummer uh, riser, like three freaking eighteens, and then plus what was coming through my ears. So I started out the night, and then over the course of the night, I just had him dive bomb the ears till eventually the kick wasn't even in the ears, and I was catching everything from the side fill, and it was still t- it was all I could really hear. It was the most. I don't. I don't want to say obnoxious because it did sound good, but it was like there was no like the volume knob stopped at five and didn't go any lower. Like if you wanted it at three, it just wasn't going to happen. No matter what you did with your foot and no matter what he did with the mics, it was just loud. Um, it's a super nice kit. You can see it's really. It was like a champagne kind of sparkle color, um, and it was like I said. It was. Yeah, I think it was probably an eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, and they just didn't have the sixteen and the eight out. Uh, but a really nice kit, but just like, dude, when I say it was the loudest freaking kick drum I've ever played in my life, I'm not hesitate or I'm not exaggerating at all. It was so freaking loud. Um, and it, it did reinforce kind of like, yeah, DW is super nice. And I, I'm obviously nothing bad to say about anything they make. It's beautiful drums. I don't want one. I don't want one at all. I've never had that problem out of a pearl bass drum. And that seems to be your favorite part of Pearl Drums is the, just their bass drums. Yeah. <laughs> so I know that I can trust in the bass drum of a Pearl um, at least that concretely. So for me, DW, no, never, never. If that, and I've always had mixed, I don't know how much you've gotten to do it. I've gotten to play on like three or four different house kits that like Cartage companies owned or production companies owned at like big festivals that were uh, DW collectors. And it was always the same thing. Like they had 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 22 with a snare. And you could pick whatever you wanted to use out of that. Some of them were good. One of them was really good. That one was really good. But there was always something where it was like, it's not perfect. Like no matter what I did or played, it didn't matter what sizes they were. or This was a 90s one and this was from 2000s. Like there's always something like... It was never a complete package either. The bass drum sucked and the toms were great. And the toms were great and the, you know, the snare might have not. It was never complete like it is with all the stuff that I'd like, you know, really to mess with in Pearl. Um, so a nice kit. Again, it was a nice stage. But uh, yeah, I never thought I'd have to tell a dude to take my kick drum completely out of my ears and then internally for the rest of the night still be griping in my mind about how loud the freaking kick drum was. So, And whenever <laughs> my band played, I backlined my kit uh, for our gig for the other band after us. And Sean, who was doing sound, his band went on third. Um, he had to just, he had to actually take part of the kick down out of the mix because my little 20 was just so thumping. Uh, <laughs> He's like, man, it's actually a little. It's like, I actually got to, you know, take it down. It's like, no EQ, no compression. Just got to turn it down. I was like, that's good. Ooh, you got a little spring popping over there. Happened, yeah. I was like, so that that uh, tells you how solid. Uh, thanks, Dad. Uh, tells you how solid uh, that stave kit that Swindle built. Uh, yeah, that thing's a uh, projection king as well. For sure, because <laughs> like I had like you could hear my toms uh, without being mic'd, my snare drum. Everyone else's snare drum sounded terrible, um, uh, except the guy that played after me. Um, but 
my kit sounded really good. And I was like, all all those mic was just a kick drum. Like you gotta love it when you get a good compliment like that, where it's like, really, no EQ, no compression, just yeah, volume, just volume. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's all our pictures for today. Um, let me make sure before I say that. I think I got everybody's stuff in there. And again, I'll I'll show more of Mark's stuff next week, and we'll be looking forward to any more submissions. And remember, you don't have to just send us uh, new stuff in. If you just want to show off a drum, show us a, like a short video of you playing, less than 30 seconds, something you're fixing, whatever. You can always send those in, and we will feature them here on the show. You can send them to the email that's up on the screen right now, beaterdrums at gmail.com. If it's a video, keep it shorter than 30 seconds, or just send me a billion pictures. I really don't care. I like looking at all y'all stuff. Um, it's basically what Jarrett and I do. Yeah. Here is just show each other our stuff, and then, you know, somebody else comes over. What, uh, Hugh will show off some of his stuff, and we can ever get him in here and uh, – this is just an extension of basically what we do every week. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's all the viewer stuff. That's okay. We're wrapped. We're now into the main section of the show. What are they shouting about in the uh, comment section? Um, let's see. Charlie goes, thanks for the podcast mention. So unexpected and appreciated. Due release on the 31st of July. So I got the date wrong. Send me like a picture, like your little thumbnail for the podcast, Charlie. And we'll give you a little plug on here, uh, like the week, that week that it's uh, coming up. But yeah, if you, if you think about it, just email me the, your your thumbnail and we'll uh, we'll promote it here. Yeah, it's called Groovecast for anyone uh, who is interested. Groovecast. G-R-O-O-V-E-C-A-S-T. Groovecast. Um. Then we got Mike Malone. From what I've heard, back in the day, if you ordered a Gretsch kit, they wouldn't always have Tom Mats drilled, and the drum shop would do it if they got it. So that's why you would see other brands for mounting hardware. I did not know that, Mike. Thank uh -huh. you. Mm. Then we got David Bygum saying, I love my Pearl Midtown. It's a solid kit. It's a nice to gig with when needed. R. Kaler says, I have a cat. Love it. Satin walnut finish and a 20-inch kit. Kick. And then Brezzo said, old circus rattle is for sale. And that's it. <laughs> nice. So you're all right. Um, you know, and I stopped Jared a couple times earlier in the day because it was kind of approaching the main topic. But we were talking about, you know, Mike had a breakdown. Jared had a breakdown. I had a breakdown. And it's kind of, you know, they can build it as well as they want. And it can get glowing reviews. But it really, we're kind of seeing it now because that stuff is so new. It takes a couple of years for just like if you were to do a study on smoking cigarettes or that yeah. stuff takes 30 years. It doesn't take six months to rate this stuff. You can give it like basically what I did was initial initial impressions. When we did the Yamaha uh, crosstown setup, we were yeah. basically just showing the weight load it could take. Um, now we're here literally probably to the month about two years later and you know, that would be one that I would have to rethink that DW lightweight hardware pack, which is what's the number on it? Uh, three ninety nine. No, no, no. Like at 44,000 series. What is the, the oh, 6,000 six. So the DW 6,000, which I did a glowing review of. And based on that review up until that point, I would still stand by that because that's an awesome set of hardware. Um, now before we 
get too far, I do want to mention that that is the ultralight 6000. Yes. That is not the other 6000, which has the tilter, which is a little bit heavier. That is this is the, the, ult- the, the ultralight, ultralight stuff. And we did that as an experiment. And that basically got me to one trip in, one trip out using the cart. And that was kind of the thought process behind it. And still keeping that kind of use in vain, or in mind, it still operates at 100%. I'm asking it to do more of a workload than it was meant for. Slightly pre-COVID and then post-COVID when the gigs were really light, it didn't really matter. They were all small gigs. Um, they weren't that frequent. So everything was perfect. And I still could use that on probably 75% of the gigs it's the other 25%, the Hangout, AJ's, Bamboo Willies in Pensacola, um, had they not had backline at the casino. When I start, which they've just booked dates for, the Nugget in Lake Charles, that's when that does not cut the must. For, you know, basically for me it was, nothing was wrong mechanically with it, but I had come to the conclusion a while back, I was like, the lightweight, hi-hat stand it just wiggles too much and it really can't handle the weight of anything substantial um like i would like it to you know when you press a a full-size hi-hat pedal it comes straight up there's no lag yeah um that just couldn't handle the weight of like a 15 inch set of heavy hi-hats so i replaced that no big deal i just threw a pearl in there and now i'm basically playing a pearl bass drum pedal hi-hat pedal and then everything else was the dw then we get to the story about the storm popping up at AJ's where all of the symbols blew over onto me. And I didn't even mention it. Dakota, Dakamoma mentioned it. He's like, that lightweight stuff all great until a 30-mile-an-hour storm pops up real quick. I was like, yeah, you're kind of right. Yeah. Um, and subsequently, when we went back last week to AJ's, I preemptively, when I got done setting up, I set my heavy-ass book bag on both of the feet of those lightweights so I knew that wouldn't happen again. And then we get to the snare stand breaking, and it's like, obviously, nothing is wrong with it. I'm asking it to do more than it really comfortably can do, which leads to the SKB hardware casing, going back to the double race hardware. But in the long run, that was not what I wanted it to be and really not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it would have held up a lot better. Granted, it wasn't terribly expensive, and it all still works just fine. But now that we're two years later, I would not, you know, if you were saying, like, everything was small clubs or everything was inner city, then, oh, yeah, go for it. If everything or, you know, anything is above that level where you're getting in medium-sized clubs, outside gigs on any coast, west coast, east coast, down here in the south, um, or heavy use, they just can't hold up, you know. Uh, not like a good double braced, you know, full size from a DW or a Pearl or a Gretsch. Not like it's going to be able to do that. Um, I don't think for a really constantly working drummer, it's a really good choice unless weight is such an issue for you. Yeah. Because I know with the issue I had was i think it might be just due to the the weather we have down here um we have an extremely high humidity percentage um i don't know how that is everywhere else across the country for you guys out there but we live um really really close to water like 
It's like it surrounds us. We have bayous. We're we, within a quarter mile right now of the beach. Yeah. So and it's and it's salt, uh, water and salt there. So if we play, you know, anywhere out along, outside close to the water, we're getting salt there, which is which is a lot. Yeah. A lot of those gigs are outside bar gigs, little seafood restaurants around here that are. Number one outside and usually near a back bayou or straight up near the the front water. Yeah, because it's this just the the scene for them. So we are we're around lots of water, and I think the uh, on my stand, I think it just got a little bit too much from it. And there's a a rubber gasket thing that sits inside the down tube. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so whenever I was setting up, uh, I know that even your stuff, you know. As far as we are down the road, it's still a little tight to get in and out. I don't know how Mike's is, but I've always have to like twist and pull to get my stands open. The feet, the the feet, and also my tubes. On the snare stand, it's tight, and on the hi hat stand, it's tight. the 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 regular cymbal stands are fine. Um, you know, like I said, this is all nitpicky shit. Yeah. Like, but I mean, if you're talking about. Now that I'm back to full, not full, but pretty much full working strength and we're playing full time again, it just can't cut it. And I mean, are you, what was the point you're getting to? Are you talking about, um, so what, so what happened is that, uh, the, 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 the rubber bit popped out. Yeah. yeah. So I like threw my flashlight out and I popped it back in. Everything seemed to be fine. So we start playing, um, stick a tongue up in my, my watch and brace in between, so like after after the first like break in the song, I ripped everything off like, so I wouldn't have any issues. Um, it was very embarrassing. And then as I'm playing, uh, the hi hat, a lot of the stuff in my band is like very open hi hat. Or if I'm playing the ride, I'm jabbing quarters or eighth notes with my left foot, just keeping time. Well, I noticed that my foot got lower and lower, mm-hmm. and then I look down, and then my hi hat is now level with my snare drum. Yeah. And so I'm trying to play. Uh, like hi hat patterns, and then open hi hat for you know big parts of the courses and stuff, and I'm literally like, you're Don Pomularo it. Do yeah, like doing doing this number right here because I'm playing rim shots the entire time, but I have my right arm moved out, almost hitting my rack tom to hit the side of the hi hat so it's open and getting the wash down <laughs> still. Um, so that happened, and then I literally like tried to pull it up. And I was like, well, I don't have to tighten the top hi-hat down. That'll be fine. As I'm trying to pull the the tube that comes back up, the whole thing popped out again. Like, I'm trying to, like, be, like, ginger with it and I have to put more and more into it. And then eventually, like, I'm, like, straining, and then the whole thing just pops up. Jeez. Hi-hat falls on the floor in the middle of between two songs. <laughs> and so, like, my bass player, my guitar player grabs the top hi-hat, gives it to me. I just said, screw it. Just put it back down, cinched it as hard as I could, and just shoved it back in there. And I was like, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I got to do the ride the rest of the, the rest of the gig, that's fine. Um, so that happened. And then my somewhat harbor-related, the trick throw-offs are cool. But I think their biggest downfall is that they have too many working parts. Yeah, too um, complicated. Too complicated. And so... As I'm playing, I noticed it's getting looser, so I tighten it back up, playing some more. The next thing I know, the whole, which is, I guess, the one saving grace about that throw-off, is that where the wires, how they connect, there's a, um, a rod that goes down. 
and then it meets the bottom part of where the strap is that keeps the tension. So as I'm playing, that whole thing backed out somehow, and then it just fell off. And so at the very end, all I had to do was just loosen the, the tension knob, shove the piece back in there, and then just crank down the tension knob to where it grabbed it, mm-hmm. pulled it backed up. So I'd still have a snare drum. And I almost brought an extra snare drum just in case. And I was like, no, it should be fine. I double-checked everything uh, before the solo guy went on. I was like, we should be good. And that happened. Um, and I was like, son of a gun. So I'm going to have to think about getting another indie throw-off just to put on that drum for the fact that I know that it's going to lock and not back out. It's like, just for the fact, it's like, it's cool to have those three things. It's like, but this is, I can't have that happen again. Sometimes simple is better than yeah. all of the neat, like, it's got 17 positions. Mm, reliably? <laughs> yeah, that was, that, that was the thing. It was rely, like, reliably did not have the, uh, the tension stay on. And, and that's then, the same thing with the DWs. Not, to, not that we're downing it, but reliably across all those gigs and different weights that it was having support, it just couldn't handle it. Just like your throw off. Yeah, it's a great throw off and it does work reliably across however many gigs or a weird situation where some kind of whatever yeah. you're talking about backs out. Like, yeah, it's, it's a weird part of that throw off. You just... know, which goes to, you know, that's the biggest thing with being, I, I mean, we all know this by now. That's the thing with being a drummer is it's the most expensive instrument by far. Like, you know, nobody spends as much as drummers do. The drum kit, the hardware, the cases, the bags, the moon gels, the sticks, like all the stupid crap. And then when you take a chance, because I'll be honest with you, before the DW hardware set, it was all Pearl and it didn't matter. Like I just knew and I still know like Pearl hardware doesn't break. It just doesn't break. And if there is something wrong enough that it broke, then they're going to replace it because they're like, that's we- like that's weird. Yeah. That's actually, I, w- I would imagine that's kind of how they look at it. Like, we want to know why that broke because our, our stuff just doesn't break. So before that, it was always Pearl, and then I get to that, and I was super excited about it. Like I said, still love it. I'm actually going to take it with me tomorrow night because it's a tiny little gig with just me and Mike. Yeah. Um. So just the two of us in a little martini bar, it's going to work perfectly. But... AJ's going to Florida, going to Louisiana, going to Alabama. It can't support the weight and it can't support the use over those long periods of time. And that was what four hundred bucks. Yeah. How much was is, is a is a trick throw off? They're not cheap. They're more than a hundred dollars, huh? Yeah, they're they're about a hundred or so. Um, or to replace the DW hi hat stand, that's at least a hundred. Yeah, if I can't if it get... wasn't if even if it wasn't uh warranty. Yeah. Um. You know, and we're none of us are made of money. Like. No, and and I think that that stuff that we have that for the what we're playing it with is not quite the um, I wouldn't say the intended purposes. Uh, like Mike got five years out of his, which is awesome, and he loves it, and he would you know definitely pay for itself. Yeah, um, but a thing for me taking mine out, playing fifteen inch heavy hi hats. Those those Avidus 15s are not light in the in the slightest. I mean, their total weight is the weight of a of a large ride that you're banging on them with. And I I, um, I think I've even in the two years, I got they paid for themselves. Yeah. M- m- you know, so I can't complain. But some some stuff just doesn't pan out like you think it's going to pan out. Yeah. 
that Roland SPDSX, and I, that was expensive. I think it's like eight hundred bucks, seven hundred bucks. Yeah. And at the time, we were doing stuff that had little one shots in it, and like not full tracks, but me just triggering a section on the pad. But in the end, it got whittled down to you know because a lot of those like summer hits, they're just that they're a summer hit, and then nobody cares once fall hits, and then the farther you get down the line, they're like, what? I don't remember that song. Yeah. So it got to be that I was using the SPDSX a lot less. And and then finally it was just like, why am I dragging this stupid thing around with the stam, the two extra cables, the extra time to get it up in the mix enough to where it sounds as loud as the drums when I'm like doing maybe two songs, triggering Jump by House of Pain. Yeah. And, you know, like, so again, was it worth it? Yes. Did it pay for itself? Yeah. Um, did it work perfectly? Yeah. In the long run, is it worth carrying around with me? No. No. You know, like, what have you used recently? Well, you know, say recently. What have you used that, you know, you sure was going to be awesome, and it did work, but as much as you may or may not have liked it, by now you're just like, no, I wouldn't carry that thing around. I wouldn't take the extra time to carry whatever. I'm trying to think, uh, like... I know, like, the ching ring thing, that yeah. was great. Um, but it's like, that's an extra thing I have to keep in the bag that's just going to be getting in the way of, like, other stuff. Like, I don't – that's there. Um, I know that, like, Tom and them were like, we had a really cool idea. It's like, you know, you play djembe for us. I'm like, I'm not bringing a no. djembe for a, for a track, for a song to play. I'm like, no. I'm like, I would rather just use timpani mallets across toms or just sit the whole tune out. Yeah, take your snares off. Yeah, and do anything else but play that. And he's like, what? I'm like, I'm not bringing a whole other drum for one song. Oh, for me, it's always been um, when you play Honky Tonk Woman. Black, 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 black. So many dudes across so many years have been like, we're doing a different cowbell. I'm like, I'm not bringing a cowbell for one and song. a mount for one freaking song. Yeah. And I'm tired, frankly, probably as all drummers are, are. We're tired of hearing, hey, man, more cowbell. Like, yeah, yeah that joke is like, 15 years old, bro. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, when I was doing, like, the big band stuff, Cowbell was fine for, all, like, the Latin tunes we played, and that had a purpose. And there was but, probably a lot of it. Yeah, so, like, but now I don't need to bring it out. And then, like, there's one song where Tom was like, you know, it would be cool if you had, like, you know, like a tambourine on this. I'm like, I have it on the hi-hat. He's like, no, like an actual, like, I'm not going to sit here nope. and go, ticket, 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 ticket. I was like, other guys can do that, but, I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and for a whole three-minute song, hit tambourine, then just to go to sticks, you know, for the next one. He's like, well, he's like, well, why don't you go to the ride for this? I'm like, you want me to go tambourine, put it down, and then immediately go to the ride? I'm like, are you going to hand me that tambourine back in three se- in point three yeah, seconds yeah. for me to go back into the groove? He's like, no, I'm playing bass. Well, then I'm not playing it. I'm like, there's no need. I'm like, that's... I'm with you on that. Yeah. Uh, which begs the question, something that you have purchased that you were just sure you needed... Or sure was going to serve that purpose or fill that black hole in your heart, but it ended up doing nothing but collecting dust in your drum room back home. Let us know in the comments before or while Jarrett goes. Oh, those shakers. Those shakers. I had, to get, I had to get the, I had, he was like, we need shaker for this song. Of course. Because we're doing like a, an acoustic thing. Um, same with the djembe, that same track. Is, what about shaker? So yep. I went to Magnolia Music and bought three egg shakers because I'm for like a dollar a piece because I'm not spending a lot of money for an actual big boy shaker. Nope. 
<laughs> and and so I'm sitting here going, cross stick on two and four, shaking. I'm like, it's just doing it for you? He's like, well, I want, to, I want you to hit the ride. I'm like, but I was like, no, more like the like actual ride pattern. I'm like, and I like the shakers. Oh, and open, moved <laughs> off the floor, Tom. Shaka, chicka, chaka, chicka, chicka, chicka. I'm like, no. Yeah. And it's like, you know what sounds like a like a shaker? I had. It's like, well, it's not the same. It's like, well, I'm not bringing three egg shakers to play a song. No. no and nor should you have to. So let us know in the comments dumb purchases you have made or things that you think are stupid like that that you would never carry around while Jared takes us to the comments and let us know what you guys are hollering about now. Um, this has got Mike right now. It goes, I still prefer the 6,000 ultralight set. Mine lasted for five years without any real big issues. The new stair stand I got has thicker joints, and it'll happily pay the cost if it will last another five years. Just what did you, uh, what did you, uh, what, while he's going on, what did you get, Mike? Did you get the thicker DW, or did you, you know, tell me what you got as far as, because that was my question is, what to replace that one with? Because I think he might have gotten the one that I have. Because I have still I, flat base, it's but still it's still flat base. One. Yeah, it's got the it's a it's a true basket with, with the, the, the spinny yeah, thing. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I got that one to put my toms in. Oh, okay. Uh, um, but yeah, that was my thing. It's like, well, there's got to be an option. Um, and then I, that that is why it ended up being what it was anyway. Because then I looked around, and go, well, you have two really nice pearl, the the one that's made to be short for thick drums or for deep drums and then the standard really nice adjustable basket one so uh, but I, I was interested to find out what would have been the other option uh, probably the one you're talking about whatever the step up on the on the the flat base yeah because that's instead of it being a 6,000 it's a 6,700 yeah, yeah, yeah um and that and that whole line just a little bit beefier than the other ones um let's see Mike goes I just need that lightweight for off and gig around but I'm I, still with you. I'm still with goes, you on that. Goes, but I don't live in a hurricane zone, just blizzards up here, and by that time we're indoors. He goes, uh, same snare stand, but they must have just upgraded the joints and design a bit. It's still the ultralight um, improvement and adjustment to the design, I think. Ah. Okay. So yeah. we're just, and it, we're, I've yeah. seen it, it you know, um, Sweetwater place, and it looks like it's, yeah, definitely. Because, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's no knock against it. It's ultralight. And of course, it is like skinny as all get out. Yeah. And it did, pro you know, it, it worked for the longest time. And, you know, I'm sure I could probably even send it in for a warranty replacement. Um, probably more of the manner and where it broke. They would probably look at it and go, that's kind of weird because it, it didn't break on the outside of the mount. It didn't break near where the screw goes in. It broke at the bottom base, which I thought was kind of weird. All I can think is like there was a drum that was on it and somebody either lent on it or put their hand on it and torqued it and that whole mount just snapped back. Yeah. But once you tighten it up, it locks back into place. So it's, yeah. it, it still works fine. And that's why I'm hesitant about the, the new 3000 series um, that they redesigned um, because the snare basket on that uses that same design, but it's thicker. Yeah. But I'm, I mean, I'm assuming that they've probably looked at that and made it bigger for and thicker yeah there has to be a difference yeah um because like i'm looking at knit new hardware and i mean i have like my old reliable stands um that i've had for years like i still have the same pearl hyatt stand that i first got when i my mom got me my pearl vision i still have that first bass drum pedal i got that and that's at the rehearsal space 
Granted, it is chipped. Everything on that thing is off. I have a, uh, a an elastic tie-down strap keeping the slave drive side quiet. Cause it used to be a double pedal. I've never greased anything on that pedal, and it still works just fine. And it is hilarious to look at because it is just raggedy. But it works perfect. It works great. <laughs> I mean, I literally I just adjusted the tension for the first time in years uh, this past Sunday to play with my band. I was like, oh, well, this part still works. I mean, that, that washer is like bent. Like, yeah. but hey, it still dines down. It's still. And I have many, many a pearl piece that looked terrible, and but they still work. Um, that eliminator that's, that stays in this room is the first one, and I use the second one now because I wore that eliminator. I don't even think the pedal's straight. I think the pedal's kind of cocked to the side because I tend to push on the inside of the pedal and push that way. So after like years of just up and down, in that motion, I think it's that bar has kind of tilted a little bit, but it works fine. Yeah. You could take it out and reliably count on it to work. Um, that was my only issue is like now I was considering like, well, what if I get to a gig and what if I get to a gig and snappity snapperoo and like, I don't want that to happen. I've never had that problem with a Pearl or even questioned it with a Pearl. And it's not that it's Pearl, any double braced full size, it's not going to break. Yeah. I mean, you have to be doing some serious yeah. hardcore <laughs> abuse to it. I mean, like the hi-hat stand that I have, the flag, when I, the, my first hi-hat stand, I still, it's on the kit right now at, uh, that I practice on at the house. I mean, it's chrome still decent on it. Um, now the rod is chewed up. Yeah. The, cr- <laughs> the chrome on it is, is, is beat up. I mean, I got a new clutch because the other clutch I broke it somehow. Uh, don't know what I did to do it, but I think I just lost the bottom part, so I got a new clutch. It's a good old Dixon that locks. Can't go wrong. As long with as that. it works. Yeah, but the my sand's still kicking, and I don't know. Just got kind of upset, and it's like I got this, you know, this cool stance, flat base, and and like and like. But just drives me nuts. Another thing is like I have those two old, old flat base stands. The one I got from you, and then yeah, the yeah. one I got from uh, Lynn, that old Ludwig that has a chain link yeah, yeah. that connects it together, and that thing is great. And I can stomp, well, not stomp the hell of it, but I, <laughs> I can I can be a little aggressive, um, and it works fine. And it's like, like why can't this one just do the same? And like, like this thing is older than twice the age of I am at this point. This thing is, this thing is like 40 years old, the stand is. Solid nickel. <laughs> like, why can't it just... Why, why, why can't it work? Perfect. Yeah, like, why does this work? I mean, even those flat-based Ludwigs I got from you that Hugh cannibalized to have the Swivomatic on top, I'm like, I can beat the snot out of those. And those things are tiny. Yeah, and, and they won't move. No, they don't, which... What... What happened? Like, where? Like, what's the deal? It's like, and they're as big around as my pinky finger. It's like finger. when the World War II work ethic or construction method started meeting lightweight, cheaper cost. And then, you know, it's a fight between trying to keep it. Because let's be honest, like, nobody's making their hardware here. No. I don't care who you are. Nobody is making their hardware here. It's all getting made in a factory overseas, which is obvious because it's easier for them to do it. They have these massive cities that are just for like metalworking or, you know, it's easier for them to do it. But at the end of the day, 
what are you probably three or four factories mainly making everybody's stuff? Yeah. You know, there's not much of a difference between a DW and a Gibraltar. Like, not really. Well, DW does pride themselves that uh, some of their stuff, the hardware, is made in America. What? I think the 9,000s are. Um, I think the 3,000s are. It's their new thing in that campaign they pushed. Um, I also think the 5,000s are. If everything else, those. All right, I'm interested now. I could be wrong, but we'll have to do some some double checking. Yeah, we'll have to do some investigating in there. Yeah. I want to find out if somebody's making their hardware here. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, short of that, yeah. Like the point being is, it's all pretty much the same. So yeah. you know, as long as you're not buying cheap stuff, you're gonna be all right. <clears throat> yeah, I've never seen somebody break a boom stand or you know. If you do, please send them my way. But <laughs> what are you doing? Because <laughs> I can hit. I can hit. It's gonna have a moving part. Yeah, I can hit something pretty hard. I mean, with everything, with, like, all the locks that keep everything from, like, messing yeah. up now, <laughs> it's like, how do you even remotely... The only thing I can play with hardware is you don't make high enough floor time legs. True. I set super high, so I need... These 27 inches don't cut it. I need 34 inches. My stuff is probably the highest it's been in years. And there's sometimes, like, the, the hardware legs that are here in this room for whatever kit's coming in... I think I have a maxed out right now. Like it's up to the top of the the mount. Like it's just flush at the top. So I'm with you. Like yeah, y'all could make some some taller, you know, just like f- six inches longer. Yeah, just some just some longer. Because I have the 27 inch pearl ones. And I'm like they're still not tall enough. Whenever <laughs> when I'm sitting maxed out, like like I've been having to to put my thrones lower and lower to accommodate that, and I don't like it. <laughs> it's like I need to sit up. I need to tower over everything. Like everything is almost like maxed out for how high I sit. Like I want. I look intimidating because I'm now almost like head height. Whenever like if there's a riser, yeah, yeah. I am like a little bit taller than everyone else because I'm. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you gonna do? Like looking down the audience, like that's right. <laughs> That's how high up I am. I can look down at you there, pipsqueak. It's like, you know, and the, and the state is only like six inches higher. Yeah, really. And it's like, but I'm I'm still that high sitting up like, that's right. You, you know. are below me. Exactly. <laughs> playing playing ride beats. <laughs> Little Coscott on the bell playing rock and roll. What are you going to do? Oh, Mike says, DW probably just cuts the holes in the middle of the symbol felts in America and says made in the USA. Ooh. Good point. Nice sick, jab. Sick burn. Nice jab. Sick burn. Nice jab. And I was, I was something, I can't remember what it was, but it was something to that effect that I was looking at the other day. I can't remember if it was a drum piece or if it was a piece of electronics that was, you know, designed in the USA, assembled in China. It was like, a design. I don't care if you made it here, like designed it here. Where'd you make it? Yeah. Like the design part doesn't influence anything. Like, well, I, I designed it in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. But where is it built at? Made in Mexico. Okay, that's all I had to say. Yeah, like, and it doesn't even necessarily mean it's a bad thing, because Mexican fenders are awesome. Yeah. So, or you know, some of the most sought after um, drums that are in the vein of old. So you can put the USA tax on it. Yeah, yeah. just like those. Oh, it's made uh, in the USA, so we can charge you an extra four hundred dollars for it. it. That's it. That's really all gotta, it is. Got to support our jabs here in America. Oh, for that one guy that's popping holes out of felts. Yeah. Yep. That's why. I, it's just that really just means higher price. I did see yesterday. I didn't watch all of it because he's annoying. Um, but I saw where A and F 
mentioned about their supply chain. Something it was like titled COVID something. Yeah, and they're talking about how, uh, you know, they're getting materials is kind of tough. I don't watch all of it because just well, the you way. You should because now I w- I'm one of the update. Yeah, well, it's on his Instagram. The guy just going A and F and watched a little minute and a half. I couldn't get past fifteen seconds. It's just yeah. I would assure if anybody's having supply chain problems, they are because they're probably trying to locally source everything, and then all of the antiquing work they have to do there to make these drums look the way they look. I'm sure it's really hard for them. Yeah, and I know they just released all that, um, all that new hardware stuff they just released. And I know probably getting that done right now is not easy. Yeah, to because it's not. Like you know, they're making it here. Yeah. They want to charge three hundred dollars for a symbol stand. Yeah, which is absurd. That's it for them to have a symbol stand that looks like the one that you can go on Reverb and pay like a hundred bucks for. Here's four hundred dollars for a vintage esque stand, but like um, just buy the real thing from nineteen thirty five. Let me see if I can find it. And welcome back, Frank. Good to have you, sir. Uh did he just jump in? I believe so. Frank, uh if you were not here earlier. I need you to re-email me your mailing address so I can send you your sticker because I think I either lost what you did send me or I never got it. But either way, just re-email me at betadrums at gmail.com your mailing address so I can get your sticker out. Um, anyway, the point of it was there was this um, mic stand. Uh, mic stand for snare drum. Double arm. Okay, it should pop right up. Is that it? Who makes Here it? Here it is. Okay. So, um, at max, what do you think those um, A&F stands could be? A couple hundred bucks, maybe 300 bucks? Uh, I'm assuming they're like for like a snare stand. Yeah. I think those are like 250 Okay, so I've seen this thing... And I'm going to say it's called the Triad Orbit. I'll try to get this like super specific so I get the highest price to prove my point. <laughs> That's really all I'm looking for here. Uh, it's called the Triad Orbit Snare Stand. And it the, the kicker with this thing is it's both. So if you want to do the, the two mics on a snare, it's got both arms. Like you can see, if you wanted to double mic it, instead of having two mic stands that cost twenty five bucks yeah, a yeah, piece, you you buy. want this design, super designed one. Um, so that's what it looks like. It's just got both arms. This freaking microphone stand, one microphone stand, is four hundred and ninety four. That's they have another stand, and it is basically the height of a regular mic stand, but it has two booms coming off, so you can do both of your stereo overheads, and then it has a little clamp at the bottom of the mic stand to put the bass, so you can do the bass drum, your two overheads from one stand. That, sna- that one microphone stand by itself is $811 for a microphone stand. That's I don't dumb. care what it does. Five hundred dollars for a sni- for a, a double mic stand and eight hundred dollars for a triple mic stand. Just give me some like super glue and some clamps, and we'll make a double mic I stand. I could I could make, for sure, could what? make something easier and just as well uh, manufactured as that That's for not eight hundred dollars. That's insane. Yeah, go look up the Triad Orbit stuff if you ever want to get a good laugh about how much you know some people out there are paying for drum mic stands. 
It's uh, that's it's, so much. Yeah, it's insane. Um, so what are they hollering about over there? Before we get close to the end here, nothing. Just last thing we have is Frank saying hi. Awesome. Yeah, Frank again. Um, and really, this is probably more so for everybody. If you see your name up on here and you have not gotten your Bearded Drums Legacy sticker, you need to email me your mailing address at beardeddrums at gmail.com. That is that right there. That is where you need to send it. So if you see your name up on this list and you have not gotten your sticker, this is for you, Frank. Uh, I either lost it or whatever. Resend me your mailing address and I'll get yours out to you and anybody else on that list that needs to get it go ahead and do that um what i spent two hundred dollars on one of the ultimate rolling mic stands for overheads and i can't fathom five hundred dollars for a snare stand the overhead stand makes sense since it's holding up real expensive mics and has counterweights but i yeah and he's right i get that like if you have a matched pair of five thousand dollar overheads you don't want to put it on a regular mic stand and I have a nice boom that's an ultimate but it's not rolling or anything but it's kind of like approaching what he's talking about yeah. I know the ones he's talking about those things are dope because you could put a if you had it a $10,000 mic on there and not be worried about where it's going to go those little mic stands we were just looking at they look like just regular old mic stands they're just split off in weird directions yeah. um, how much did he say he paid 200 yeah, he spent two hundred yeah, on that one for like the beefiest thing you probably can find. Um, that's not custom, and then these people are wanting five and eight for look. Look at all the little. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I know. I know. Like Mr. Tim has some expensive microphone he uses uh, to do vocals at his place in Rock U two, and the big thing he uh, was telling us was like, yeah, but yeah, the, the stand for it is this expensive part. I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, that it, but that stand though. I was like, why not just have it like from a mic cable from the ceiling at that point? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I don't know. It's like it's just, but that stand was was massive, and it's one of those like I think it's a Hercules brand. Yeah, yeah. But the base itself weighed like thirty pounds, and and then it comes up, and then it has the back side of the boom, which has a weighted butt counterweight, in, yeah. counterweight. And then it goes out stupid far. I'm like, well, why do you need that much space for a mic? I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know why you need a mic stand that goes ten feet out from the center. Like, I don't. I don't know. It's like unless he's using it for other thing. But the thing is, is that he doesn't mic drums at his place. He uses an electric rolling kit with all the uh, expensive plugins and stuff. It's like you do digital amps for all your guitars. Um, it's like I don't. Yet you have a uh, overpriced microphone stand for a mic that you don't use for a, a very expensive. I mean, he'll use that mic, you know, uh, for the folks that singing and stuff. It's like, but I don't understand why you have a really expensive mic and a really expensive mic stand. It's like to boom over a singer. Yeah, I don't. That's just the one thing. Now, like the, I know that Tim worked for Disney in Orlando, and he has the credentials to show, like he knows what he's doing, but I just. I did watch a thing recently from um, this guy. He's kind of annoying, but he's very aggressive, and he does like metal producing. Yeah, um, all of his stuff he's done has been like metal bands, rock bands. Like doesn't do anything outside of that. And he recently did a video on eleven things to look at when you go into a studio, 
He's like, this right here is a trap. It's like they literally spent money on this yeah. for you to spend money with them. And I'm assuming that that's probably what it is, is that Tim's got the super nice stand with a super nice mic for you know that he means business, that he takes care of his I'm stuff. sure we've all made a purchase like that at some point. Just, not, not even necessarily drums. Yeah. You know at some point you've made a purchase because that was your brand. Those are your boys, and you don't care how much it is. Do you ever use it? Well, no, but I've got it, you know. So I'm sure we've all done that at some point. Um, bought it just because it was Apple yeah, or Pearl or Toyota, whatever. We've all probably been guilty of overpaying because that's our team. Yeah, because he was, he was talking about, he's like, if you go into a studio, he's like, and there's these two specific uh, plugins um, that people use for reverb. Uh, he's like, and there's a company... It's like the real one cost four thousand dollars, and it's a little four knob reverb patch yeah. bay thing. It's like, or you can spend a hundred dollars and have the one that's modeled after it, which sounds like garbage. He goes, if you go into a studio, he goes, if you see those, he goes, look for the logo. It's very small in like the left corner. He's like, if that logo is not there, they literally bought those cheap ones to make you think yeah, yeah. that's the real expensive ones. He goes, those aren't plugged into anything. He goes, they have power, so they look turned on, but there's nothing in their um, in their chain uh, their yeah. chain line that those are because those sound like garbage. He's or like, like uh, Alex Van Halen's big massive kit with like four bass drums. He's playing the two twenty twos or twenty fours in the middle. And the ones on the outside that are flanking them don't do anything. And to be honest with you, the one on the left, they've cut out and made a, a mini cooler. fridge yeah. to put his drinks in. Yeah. Or like, remember when Tommy Lee had that massive, like, 36-inch kick? You yeah. come to find out there was a uh, uh, a regular 22 yeah, up inside under, of it. Yeah. Or 20, whatever, you know. Yeah, I remember seeing I was like, <laughs> like you lied to me. <laughs> I mean, like, that's... Tommy Lee, I thought you were out there playing a giant 30-inch no. kick. No. <laughs> that I'm playing a 22 behind a 30 disguised. I'm like, that's so badass. I was like, I want to do that. Because we're getting rid of Big Bertha, our concert bass drum uh in high school and it's a it's a big 30 uh what is it 34 36 inch concert bass drum yeah. ludwig <laughs> massive holes missing i gotta i gotta hit that school up and see if i still have it. like you still have bertha if 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 you still got bertha i'll buy bertha from you nice and it's like I, <laughs> blue sparkle it matches your kit and it's got those same nice lines. You could ask. So you, we could pull a Stanton more. It's like, oh yeah, I got oh, a twenty real. and a thirty-six <laughs> off the side. <laughs> that'd be that'd be dope. Or you could have that kid hide behind the thirty-six. <laughs> you can Matt can't see you. You're just back here playing. He's like, Mike goes, has to has to phone you in. Stephen, we're gonna be playing yeah. Mustang Sally. You gotta have a uh, inline talk, Mike. All yeah. of a sudden, like, Mustang Sally. Repeat, Mustang Sally. You gotta press the button, Mike. Sorry, Mustang Sally. Must okay. It's funny that you even say that because I've been watching a lot of these, or not watching, but a lot of these videos have been popping up in my feed lately of these uh, contemporary Christian drummers, usually white guys. Um, the best. And it seems like there's this like fad now of like the musical director calling out the entire song as it happens in their talkback mics. Well, they're like you hear their thing and they're like playing. You're like, okay, and we go to A, and we stay on A. And we're still in A, and we're going to pre-chorus. Okay, yeah, now we're in pre-chorus. What? A, and I want to say, like, one of the times the guy was like, 120 BPM, and we're in the pre-chorus. Pre-chorus, and we got to... But they don't stop talking. So, like, it's almost like you're not even playing music. Yeah. You're listening to call-outs the entire time. 
I thought it was weird. That I, is weird. I I do see the ones where um, you have that weird chick voice, where it's like drum intro. That's four, like the uh, the whatever three. program they're yeah, using. Like four, three, two, one, boom. And chorus, boom! You know, like it's it's that going through. Uh, and it seems like they've taken a step further. We're like, well, we don't even need the program anymore. Just give them a talk back mic, and they're just like, and we're counting off to the chorus, 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 back to the verse. And then we're gonna, and they just don't. And I, I just feel like I'd be like, hey man, can you shut up? I learned the song. I just want to play. At that point, just give me a chart and leave me alone. You know, like if you're gonna, it doesn't seem that fun. If you're going to scream at me through a, a talk it was back. the first time I've heard something like that, like in-depth call out <laughs> continuously through the song. That's if Mike, if you're still here, do you have to do that with the church you play at? Because I know he does uh, CCM. Uh, see, and I think that's like what we were just talking about. Like when you see these two fake plugins, you know, they're trying to dupe you. Or if you walk in and you see these two correct plugins you know it's a good studio i think that's how a lot of contemporary churches have gotten it's like oh well, we use whatever the hottest monitoring program we use the hottest brand newest group meetup practice tool you know where you go in and the songs there with the bpm and all the yeah. chart like it almost seems like that's the flex now it's like well look what our church has well does the band sound good yeah but look at our Look at our in-ear mixing system. Like, okay, but again, does it sound good? Eh, it's all yeah. right. You you know, know. Do, you, do you know what you're doing? Yeah, it's like the flex has become, for some of that, more important than just sounding. But uh, granted, some of those productions have gotten, it's not even church anymore. It's like high-quality live production. Yeah. It's not even church, to be honest with you. But it's like dances and yeah. choreography and... And that to me is just a little too much. Uh, I like it. Some of it's fun to watch, but you know, it's like I said, some of it goes over the edge when you hear their talk back mics or you see that there's 18 people on stage or whatever it may yeah. be. There's always something kind of interesting about it. Yeah. Cause like I see those and then I go to like my grandma's church and you have my uh, second cousin, Felicia playing piano. Um, Sometimes my cousin Donna is playing drums. If not, there's another guy who plays just the train beat back and forth. And then you have um, the I can't think of his name. Uh, I think it's Nick. I don't. I've never had a call him by his name. It's always just been um, Pastor. Uh, and he plays bass and sings. And it's those three. That's that's this. That's the whole band. That's the praise. Dude. And 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 like he just. It's been the same amp. The same. I got to If I go um, back to Mount Moroth, take a picture of like the boardroom, like dude, it's like the little space is. I was always mesmerized. That thing has got to be now like approaching like ancient hood. <laughs> like it's old. I don't think they've ever had to update anything just for the speakers, like for VBS. And yeah. then like on their little thing back there, Don has been playing. That's like an old Vision kit. Felicia has the same old piano that's been there. Like it's electric for years. Yeah. And um, and she has her own little small amp. And then Ronnie, and then brother Ronnie has uh, an old like, heart key, I think, bass amp. And he's got this old Ibanez he plays. And they don't have anything fancy. I mean, they have mics in front of them for except uh, yeah. Donna. And then you have like all the old ladies. They're back behind uh, the pulpit singing a little raised choir bit. If it's like maybe like. Ten people. 
hey, it works know, though. It, and, and it's and it's fun. And it's like you got like it's cool like seeing them do that, and you have everyone singing with just bass, drums, and piano. Yeah. And then like you, like I'll watch these other like big churches do oh, all God. this crazy stuff, and I'm like, and to me like it it freaks me out because it's like it's just so big, it's so over the top. And then I'm thinking like, I just want to hear Brother Ronnie's nasally voice going. At the cross, at the cross, and where I first saw the light was I'm holding on my side and rolled away, you know? And then Felicia plays the same. Dun, dun, boom, dun, dun, boom, boom. It's the same bass line for every yeah, song. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. And he just walks. And boom, boom, happy all the day. Dun, 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 boom, boom. Or it's, a, it's the standard, the one and three. Bum, 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 bum. And it's like, that's all I want to hear when I go into, like, if everyone's like, oh, we have a church band. I'm like. Is it a church band? Yeah. Like in my mind, I'm thinking. Is it a church I'm, band? I'm thinking brother Ronnie, cousin Felicia, and Donna, hammering out quarter notes, banging, <laughs> and then now it's like you got these guys with like drum shields, oh, and dude. there's like a ten- there was one guy that was doing his like he does a vlog basically, and I don't remember his name, and I'm glad I don't remember his name because he was the most pretentious asshole I've ever heard speak about himself for 30 minutes, and he's supposed to be Christian, but it was like. It was pretentious. It was just straight pretentious. I mean, that's all it was. And I even took, uh, made it a point to thumbs down the video and then go back to where it was on the main screen and go, do not recommend this channel to me anymore. Because it was like, and it was 48 cameras and all these GoPros and this all, it was just like, okay, this is too much. That's a lot. And you're a jerk to be, to, to cap it off. Yeah. So now I, I don't even have, I have no like want to try to maybe meet you halfway because you're a jerk. Like, no, I'm good. No, like a lot of those church hit-ups are super over the top, too. Like, yeah. there's a lot going on. And I'm going to watch this one guy, like, explain, like, how to, like, mix drums live. And that was kind of cool, like, at his church and everything. He's like, you got to have, like, a good drum sound foundationally. He's like, and how you get your overhead set up. He's like, but sometimes you got bleed and everything. Um, and it's just, like, dudes playing, like, really tubby drums. It's like, that's... That's what you guys like. That's the sound. That's, that's their thing. It's like everything is tuned so low above wrinkle. Well, it's funny that you say that because the guy made it a point in that video to say, I'm trying out a new snare this week. And he, I swear to God, I'm almost quoting him directly. I know all you guys are going to hate it, but it's tuned kind of tight because that's where the drum, you know, that's where the drum sits naturally. But I know all you guys are going to hate it. And I was like, yeah, of course they do. Because every time I hear a contemporary Christian song, it's bish, bish. Like yeah, nothing above, like you said, just like the lowest possible tuning. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Um, it's weird. Uh, yeah. Let me, let me see. Cause, yeah, go cause, through the comments cause, because cause, cause Mike I is, am gonna have to take some medicine here soon, so yeah. we're gonna have to be getting. Mike out of here. goes, uh, all that beef on Mike stand, and I'm too stubborn to use anything except the ultralight symbol stand. <laughs> uh, That's funny. <laughs> um, I buy it pretty hard. He goes, uh, I bought two Tama Mike stands. They're incredibly well built. Highly recommended if you don't want to deal with sagging mics. Nice. I didn't know Tama made mics. Yeah, stands. they do. I forget what it's called. It's not. It's not Iron Cobra, but it's something Cobra or something Iron. It's something like that. They make a whole line of mic stands. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, David Bygun goes, I bought a few K&S mic stands, and they are solid as a tank. Definitely recommended them. Yeah, that's a good brand. Like, you see those a lot in that whole casino up in Vicksburg was nothing but K&S metal mic stands. Oh, God. Not, like, the little plastic tightener. 
metal. Everything was metal. And he said, yeah, these have been here for like 10 years because they're, they're just awesome. Christ. Um, Mike Malone said, churches are an interesting animal because for a lot of churches, it's part of the mission to use volunteers before hiring people, if at all possible. Uh, he goes, I'm always hired, but I'm typically in a band of volunteers. The tracks, click, guide tracks are all super nice because if the band sucks, at least I don't have to drag them along. Oh, that's a good point. Um, that's a good point. He goes, the app for organizing stuff is so helpful because if they change songs or order it just syncs up on my iPad when I show up, even if they change keys, it refreshes in the app. Nice. Okay, he, he still continues. Um, I wish they would prioritize other things over all the gear and tech flex, but working tech with... Tech flex. <laughs> I like and that. And tech flex, but working with volunteer amateur musicians, it really helps carry it along, <laughs> especially when we just show up on Sunday mornings and have to be ready to perform in an hour or two after a tech run through and short rehearsal. That's a good point. I do get awkward conversations with members of the bands when I'm just filling in like, oh, why did you choose to come to this church? And I have to skirt it off and avoid saying, because I'm hired. Oh, yeah. Um, some churches will hire me to change heads and tune drums and pay me for that, but refuse to pay me to play because it would send the wrong message, message to, to the, the congregation. Oh, that's a good, that's an interesting point. Um, Charlie Smith goes, Ironwork mic stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Taylor Ironworks mic stands, those are awesome. But that's interesting that, uh, you know, the kind of the way he's laying it out, which is, you know. Yeah, he's got one more thing. Okay. Uh, he just mentioned, goes, I got yelled at last week for taking the big fat snare drum off the house <gasps> snare at the church. So one dimensional with that music won't even let me try to get a sound if it's not the CCM stereotype. Wow. That's wild. That's crazy. Like not even a standard medium range tuning. Like yeah. was what most people use. Like, nah, bro, you got to be three steps below that. Just nothing but bluestas everywhere. Which is so weird. Like, that, that's, that's their thing. Like, I like, I want to know who made it popular, and then that was just like, we have to do this because I think, um, to be honest, and I don't know that much about because I'm not a highly uh, spiritual person, but working in all those years with Rex and, um. What was the other guy's name? Chris. That were they were pretty uh, constant in the contemporary Christian music scene. Hillsong United was a big thing. Third Day back in the day, and now going back to like what I consider the foundation of what they consider contemporary Christian. That kind of was the sound. Really fat and low toms. Really bluish to kind of sound in snare drums like. That was kind of the way it got sent. I think at the same time, probably just coincidentally, that's when it picked up steam. So probably everybody looked around and went, oh, whatever you're doing right now, do that because that's what's giving us, you know, uh, the yeah. push forward. Um, so, but that's that's really interesting to hear him talk about that he basically has to be low key about the fact that he's getting paid because so many of them are uh, volunteer volunteer yeah that's gonna be i think we have um, to do that as a discussion for another day i know that i might have gotten given the guy the wrong message he's like we're looking for a drummer to play in church and i'm like awesome i was like do you guys have rehearsals like in the week or is it before uh service he's like um we might have one during the week but it's only before service i'm like all right is it a paid gig and then guy was like yes <laughs> i'm like he goes, it's paid i'm like cool it's like here's my information just let me know nothing after that yeah and the guy i've known him 
for a long time. Uh, and I guess he just found someone else oh, who sure wants to, be, to buy for prob- free. Yeah, the problem is like, well, I'm part of the church. I'm like, well, I don't play for free anymore. I'm like, I'm yeah. sorry. And it's like, it's like I'm busy. It's like, if you want to jam, if I have time, cool. But if not, it's like, yeah. if I'm going to learn these tunes, I need to be compensated yeah. in some way, way or form. Like, even if it's just, if you're like, oh, we're going to feed you every Sunday to come play, like, dope. That's cool. <laughs> I will totally eat you know whatever in the morning and then i play and leave yeah, yeah or you slide me like 50 and leave it's like but i don't just do the whole like whenever marty calls you're gonna do the free got this gonna be a this be a you know unpaid gig I'm like i can't drive down from starkville to gulfport to play yeah big man uh for, <laughs> for free for a weekend it's like marty cost me a hundred dollars to come up and down and there gas. you go sorry <laughs> <laughs> um and then mike goes uh so hard to get a roll or a buzz on the bf SD yeah, and yeah. that music has tons of cadence like sections. Yeah. Um, and he goes, FYI, not spiritual of the community, especially the church, but just not some of the other things. Yeah, you're good with that, Mike. We don't care. Yeah, I, no, I, everybody, we're, we're open as far as if you are cool, if you're not cool. I mean, that's, you yeah. know, um, I, I'm the least Christian person probably in the group of all of us right now. And I'd spent uh, more than a year doing a church's gigs every Sunday. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's no, no problems with that. Yeah, and that cadence whole part, which I definitely know from, like, because I'll see that, oh, yeah. I'll see that guy, um, test a beat or whatever. Yeah. On, and he's like, it's like, this is why this drum costs $700. He's playing a Black Beauty tuned right above. And like, <laughs> I'm like, God, that's. Show off what that good drum could do. Yeah, playing, just plays like a long roll. And he's beating the crap out of it. And then he's playing an old Ludwig kit tune the same way. He's playing those heartbeat cymbals. Ugh, gross. Um, like 26-inch ride, 24-crash, 20-inch crash, 16-inch or 7-inch hi-hats. Like playing like money beat super hard. Like, I'm like, dude, that is... that. That's, I'm like... And to me, like, my mind always goes to bluegrass. Like, anytime someone's like, we play Christian music. I'm like, oh, I was like... Do you play uh, at the cross? It's one of my favorite tunes. He's like, no. I'm like, what? Then you don't really play Christian. Do you guys don't like what? You guys play the standards? Like, we have standards. I'm like, yeah, you got standards in Christian music. What do you mean? (laughs) Like, there's standards at Calvary. It's like you don't play. Like, no. I'm like, where do you play? Oh, well, this band. I'm like, ah, so that's what it is. Mm -hmm. No one just pulls out a. Which is always like, I guess one of the cool things about having like revivals at. from like my grandparents and stuff out in the country. This is what makes me like, probably like jazz so much is that these dudes would just walk up like playing a Calvary, playing a knee. All right, cool. Banjos get tuned up, mandolins get busted out, and then boom, you are right into it. Like no one drops a beat. And I'm like, thinking back on it now, it's like, wow, jazz and bluegrass are so like intertwined in like the way that dudes just show up, know these tunes, or yeah. just know the song structure. And it's a lot of it's by ear. I'm like, well, so many of it's like, passed down standards that have been there yeah. forever it's kind of that you're right it's kind of that same thing and the mic goes isn't it crazy how we have a dedicated christian symbol company and a dedicated christian drum company that is Who's really the weird. drum company oh um risen but now is has <laughs> been defunct as franklin so franklin oh. franklin the guy that started risen uh does franklin now and then heartbeat that's their whole thing i didn't know that yeah that's crazy that's you all. guys are nuts. Yes. It's like such a narrow focusing market, but it's honestly a huge market <laughs> yep, to, yeah. to sell. And I bet the church directors eat it up. And oh, when they sure. can buy a guy from a strictly Christian company, played the heartbeats, <laughs> and they were actually pretty good. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. I would hope they are. 
But it is. I, I didn't know that. That's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. So if you playing Risen drums or Franklin drums, playing the Lord's drums. Or if you're playing Heartbeat cymbals. Heartbeat cymbals, playing the Lord's cymbals. That's crazy. Uh, any more? Uh, that's it right now. Sweet. I know uh, we are. Uh, we're at eight twenty-two. So yeah, no. Uh, I, you want me to keep a track of that? Yeah. yeah uh, so. We learned very recently that we can't go more than two and a half hours because at that point, whatever I upload to the podcast website won't fit. So we got to keep everything under two and a half hours, which we are at eight twenty-two. So it's two hours, twenty-two minutes. Um, we're gonna have to put a pin in a couple of these conversations and come back to them because Mike brought up two great points. Tonight, I'm going to remember that, or we're going to write that crap down and come yeah. back to those on another week. Um, so, uh, again, everybody that put in submissions for the week, week, thank you very much. We do appreciate it. Josh, Mark, and um, who else? Uh, Josh, Mark, and who else was today? Mark and Josh and Mike. Mike, sorry. Yeah, there's so many M's. <laughs> I got four different medications running through my body at this point. I'm kind of... And I'm, I'm, and I'm laughing at his last comment I'm, right now. What is it? He goes, uh, the crash of Christ. Takes, <laughs> crash. He goes, he goes, he gets better, he goes, takes communion sip. Which is like, I would love to bring a crash of doom to a, a church and be like... The Savior splash. The, sa- <laughs> the Savior. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, please, if you see your name up on the legacy card list, remember, please send me your mailing address. And as usual, remember, you can always find the audio version of the podcast on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. We put that stuff up continuously, so there's always something for you to listen to if you want the audio-only version of the show. Um I need to take some more medication because I can now my nose is starting to run. Stuff I can hear to, it. Yeah, I can hear it. Starting, starting to wear off. Uh. All right.